going to ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken directly from the YouTube live streams, which are currently going down each week, Monday mornings, 10 a.m. Australian Central Time. I'd love to have you in the live sesh. These days, they've turned into these full-on classes. You know, we call them podcasts, but they're really classes in which that I throw questions back and forward with the live viewers and we get the personal context of each person in there. And everyone just seems to grow a lot more nowadays because of it. I love it. Uh, Anything on the world of human interactions, what we cover could be dating, relationships, social dynamics, family relationships, business relationships, things going down in high school, uni, anything that touches the world of these human beings, we seem to touch in social Q&A. So head over to the Bowl YouTube channel and I'll catch you guys currently on Monday mornings. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip each week, just a free email right in your inbox, updating you on what went down on social Q&A live this week, the recap, what other videos went out, what other awesome things are going on in the world? What other additions to the resources of wisdom in terms of books, films, docos, anime, quotes, music, all the things that get added to the resource of wisdom? I update you through this email so you never miss out on any of that. And also it's just a way of me staying connected with you guys in between our live sessions together. So go ahead if you are interested. Every Friday, I send it out. It's free. Boldojo.com. Sign it up. By the way, if you feel like you have not received your email on the Friday, just check your promotions folder in Gmail or your junk spam folder if you're using anything else because uh, it's likely in there. Even when I receive my own email, it still gets every day to get put in promotions. Now, for those of you who are looking to dive into some deeper educational content and level up your performance in this life, we can pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, over on boldojo.com, featuring five tracks that will help you to dive deeper into who you are and evolve beyond. All the reviews have said that it's something that they constantly come back to, that it's something that they will work through and that it's more of a course than an actual guided meditation. Many have also said, Adam, why are you not charging what it's worth? Many have said, I was willing to pay $100 for this and it's because I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So that it's there if you are the type of person who is aware and conscious enough to want to look at yourself for all that you are and improve so got a meditation eternal energy go get you some also send me a review once you're done as well i'd love to hear your feedback now moving up from there if you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching in which that we destroy your limiting beliefs and construct real action plans to help you perform in your life whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, anything that touches the temple. Even if you want to go up to the inner garden and dive into real ideas of your existence, we can go there as well. I often do. However, it's completely customizable to you. We have one-off sessions. You can go to boldoja.com, book a once-off over 30, 45, or 60 mins, just test the waters, and that'll give you a vibe for it. However, if, and what I do recommend, if you're serious about your development, you can dive into the bold coaching memberships in which there are three different tiers silver gold and diamond which offer different levels of benefits that once offs 
definitely do not get, such as priority messaging. If you wish to have access to my private WhatsApp number and get a response from me within 24 hours outside of Australian weekends, you're going to have to be on a membership for that. And that's something that my clients benefit from tremendously and use tremendously. Also, if you want to step up another level of membership and want to get priority bookings, for those of you who don't live in Australia and struggle to get your time slot in, maybe you're two, three weeks out on the waiting list, well then priority bookings are there to ensure that you get your time preferred slot and that you get booked in over lower tier memberships and once-offs. Now, I'll be here all day if I have to describe every benefit of every tier. So if you are interested, just go to boldoja.com. In the products menu, you can find Bold Coaching memberships and you can dive in yourself. If you have any questions, just slide me an email. There are contact email forms on pretty much every page of the website and we can work it out from there if you are truly committed to developing yourself. Moving forward, if you would like to directly support this podcast, you can do so in two ways, either by going to boldojo.com directly. In the Boldojo podcast menu on the homepage, there is a direct donate link that goes straight through the website if you want to use your credit card, for example. However, if you would like to go through PayPal because that's your uh, that's your shit, <laughs> sure, fine. Doesn't bother me. PayPal as well. PayPal.me forward slash A-D-A-M O-O-I. My full name, Adam Ui. You can donate through PayPal directly as well. Either way, whatever you guys do donate to help support the show. Uh, I know a lot of you like to donate live in the live social Q&As. That's also most appreciated. However you want to do it, it just, it all goes to supporting this, this awesome thing we've got going on between you and I. So I thank you for anything that you have donated or will donate in the future. It really does mean the world to me. Thank you very much. Now, of all that being said, Let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yes, sir. Let's go. Emotionally? It's your emotionally. <laughs> uh, a couple first dates that I've had in the last last week and a half, I would say. And yes, I've got to say this at the beginning of the sessions now. I've been saying it on Instagram and it's this. This is an X-rated session. This is not intended for children. However, I highly recommend if you're a parent and you have kids and you want them to get an education that's up to date insects this is a great session for it uh you know i I think that'd be an awesome guidance and the reason why i'm just having to say this at the beginning of sessions that are going to be very very sexually explicit is because uh, actually i've been a few of you guys have been referring parents to the social q a live to watch it with their kids so i need to say them at the beginning while the beginning of this podcast we're going to dive into the fundamentals of hot versus cold sexual energy now we're getting loose here. We're going to get into the fundamentals of that. That's not going to be too risky. And the first date is not going to be too risky, but the second date is beyond sexually explicit. So, but it's going to be great. It's always backed by sound awareness and philosophy and calibration to why we're doing what we're doing. So yeah, if you are a parent listening to this and you've got your kids sitting next to you right now, yeah, get ready for a session. You guys are going to have a great time. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun. These sessions run with a class-like format in which that... I like to throw the live class students questions back and forward to help test them, to help them evolve their social dynamics. I help them to work through different issues and get some uh, extra understanding on what's going on. So also guys, if you are here, just dropping in onto the chat right now, pipe up, say hello, drop a thumbs up on the video down below. If you haven't already, help support the video. That'd be most appreciated. And we've got one person up in here and we've got an old school returning, which is Jay New who comes in saying, hey Adam, back to live Q&A. It's working just great. Audio and visuals on point. Thanks for that, Jay. My, my YouTube dashboard, first off, good to have you back. And it's actually good that you took a break last week, but my dashboard still says that it's no good. 
It, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So anyways, guys, pop up in the chat. Let me know where you're from. When we get to open Q&A, that comes later on where you guys can ask any questions. Super chat options available. And uh, that'll be much later on. We've got we've got the scientific notes today. <laughs> Not as intense. These scientific notes. Oh, I've actually got a message from one of my clients regarding sexual spark. So actually, let me just get the menu for you guys today. We're going to go through fundamentals of hot versus cold sexual energy. We're going to go through how to create sexual spark. We're going to go through these two dates. Uh, two first dates that are great examples of both a nice turtle shell and a lusting firebird. And yeah, lots of questions. Oh, it's going to be a great session with you guys along the way. We've also got Jason Larry up in here saying, first time tuning in live after listening to a few podcasts. Oops. Good to have you here, Jason. And thank you for your feedback on the uh, Hugging Strangers Blindfolded video as well, which by the way, I'm just going to plug right now because it took three weeks of my life to put that together. If you guys have not seen Hugging Strangers While Blindfolded, I went out with one of my best mates, Ben, and we just put on a blindfold and got hugged by about 100 people. Super emotional, super uh, super meaningful, remembering human connection. The video is now live on the Eternal Energy channel, and I'd love for you guys to go check it out. You're going to get something from it for sure. The response on online was amazing. Oh, and by, by the way, Jay New just came in and hit Jason with what I should have hit Jason with. Thank you for picking it up, uh, Jay New. Jason, and for anyone, I forget to say this at the beginning of the sessions. Actually, no, I said it. I put it in the top comment. If you guys go to my top comment on the chat, if you want to be engaged in these sessions and want me to read out your responses, you must have a profile picture, either of yourself or an avatar that looks identical to you. Uh, by the way, W, I see you pop, uh, popping in. I like the penguin, I like the penguin, but that's not going to cut it anymore. I want you to have an avatar that's either of your face or very similar to your face if you want to be engaged in these sessions. So, Moving on from that, W did come in saying, I'll slide you one from here, but I've been letting you go of that penguin. He comes in saying, hello, hey, we random guests, passionate sex and hardcore. Hey, slow down, son. Slow down. Uh, yeah, and Jay had come in saying, yo, bless us with the profile picture, Jason. And Jason says, P.S. I always thought Johnny Nguyen was Jay New, which was way off. Oh, as in Jay New, like the Indian spelling. No, no, Jay New is in J hyphen N-G-U. That's Jay New. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason, hopefully you know the rule now. Rule now answers are always going to be read out. Only going to be read out if you have a profile picture. Okay. So hot versus cold sexual energy. Let's do it. Oh, and just before we do, we've also got Tucker me up in here, aka T, who comes and saying, what's up, everyone? Good to have you, T. You've just made in time before we begin the uh, beginning of the session. So let's do it. Social Q&A Live episode 70, hot versus cold sexual energy. Let's do some groundwork here. Today is not going to be very philosophical. It's just going to be very dirty and very fun. In the dirt and very fun. So let's begin with foundations first, though, because as we go down, we need to have a foundational, foundational understanding of what sexual energy is and more so the spectrum on which sexual energy exists. So if you look at sexual energy, we've got zero to 10, 10 being the ice turtle shell in the direction of cold. In the middle, we've got a five, which is the average cat. And then on the far right, you got that firebird at a 10. Warm-up questions. Warm-up questions for the class Q&A here. This is a time for you guys to uh, get engaged and start piping up in the chat. When you think about that spectrum I just gave you from the ice turtle shell of sexual energy to the firebird, zero to 10 and something in the middle. First question is, I want you guys to give me a, what's your feeling? What do you think cold sexual energy looks and feels like? What do you think hot sexual energy looks and feels like? In these warm-up questions, I'm not looking for anything super essay. I'm not looking for anything super philosophical. You can just give me some basic words. You can give me a picture if you want. 
but I want everyone to get, just as a good warm-up here, get an understanding of, okay, when I think about cold sexual energy, what does that mean? What does that feel like? What does that look like? Same for the hot. And don't worry about explaining the middle because the two polar ends will explain that for itself. But that's what I want you guys to come up with the first class question here, just as a warm-up. And as you guys are typing that out, I will let you know that there is, of course, if you're new here, uh, Jason, but maybe Jason probably knows because he's watched it in post. We have a reward system for answers in this session, which is the 100K Zenny. <laughs> if you guys give me a top grade answer that's off the bat, that's original, I give you that 100,000 Zenny if it just lights me up and it's just on the money. Uh, however, during warm-up questions, you're probably not going to get 100K Zenny. That's pretty difficult to do. But first class question here is that we're looking at the spectrum of hot versus cold sexual energy. I want an idea from you guys on what cold energy, cold sexual energy feels and looks like. Give me the extreme and then on the other end. What does hot sexual energy look like on that extreme, on that end? And this will lay the groundwork for how we then go and do the rest of this podcast, especially when we get into these two first date experiences uh, that I'm going to talk about from my own experience coming on later on the podcast. And I'm going to be very careful with names there. I've already, I've already got fake names planned. I've already planned out this session. I'm not going to make no mistakes today. And so, yeah, we need to understand this. And it's also going to help you to understand yourself as well. <clears throat> oh shit that almost went down the wrong pipe so come on guys what's taking you so long <laughs> i said to you guys a thumb tap it away go on jay don't give me an essay here just give me a couple we're here at the beginning of the podcast how could you cu- how could you guys start so slow <laughs> it's monday morning but it's 10 a.m or for jay it's probably somewhere in the new york somewhere later all right, if you guys aren't going to answer this question, I'm just going to roll through it because this is a podcast not only for the live people who are here live, but more so for the hundreds that will listen to it and post. So hot versus cold sexual energy, the first question, which no one has got an answer to yet, which I don't know if that's just my feed, not popping them up. But uh, first, on the far end, going down to zero, if we look at zero, zero to 10, zero being the ice turtle shell, the nature and the feeling of cold sexual energy is that it is distant, it is hesitant, and it is closed off. We're going to get later on into the nuance of how to tell if someone's actually sexually attracted, how to test that. Because when you're on a first date, and that's where the first date example is going to come in, especially when you've got someone who's on the spectrum of an ice turtle shell, it's, and from five and below, it can be very difficult to get a read on, is she actually, is he actually sexually attracted to me? Or are they and they're just in their own way. We're going to talk about that, how to get someone out of their own way. We're going to talk about the graduation of physical touch, how to gradually build physical touch in a way that would test the sexual attraction that's socially calibrated, direct and and authentic always, covering with empathy. That's something that we're really going to get into a little bit in a bit. But looking at a zero, a hard zero is ice turtle shell being the energy that's cold, closed, closed off, distant, and hesitant in which that you can look at that in micro of that, they just don't get close to you. They don't physically sit close to you. They don't touch you. They don't want to be touched by you. And they can put that physical distance between you. It's almost like they've installed the COVID parameters within your interaction, 1.5 meters. Uh, or for you in the US, what is it? Six feet, five feet, five foot distance, whatever it is at the other system. But 1.5 meters away, you know, that's their, that's their energy. But then also in terms of when I said hesitant, a ice turtle shell of sexual energy is also hesitant in that. And that's actually a really good read on whether they are sexually attracted, in which that the things that they say, the things that they do, the, mm, I'm going to hang on to a few words there because it comes to the next question in a second. They're going to, they're going to always second guess it. 
You feel like they always second guess what they're about to say or do. That's very typical, very typical of cold sexual energy when it's on the end of cold. And that's why it's a spectrum. That's why it's a scale. I don't want you guys to think like I use the title hot versus cold, but no one's just hot or just cold. It exists on a spectrum. If you got zero, zero to three, zero to three being a nice turtle, four to seven being the average cat, and then eight to 10 being the lusting firebird. Just like when we were talking about, just when we were talking about, what were we talking about? Oh, sexual appetite. Just when we were talking about sexual appetite before, uh, two, three weeks ago, you know, whether you're uh, the plain vanilla or you're the strawberry shortcake or the rest of macadamia in terms of uh, sexually, uh, just absolutely an animal or whether you're uh, sexually curious or whether you're just sexually inexperienced or sexually not interested at all. It always exists on a spectrum. That's all we want to talk about here. So if we're looking at zero, ice turtle shell, cold, distant, hesitant, and then it's just going to warm up from there, okay? Finally, some of you guys have started to pop up in the chat. I'm not sure if it's just, I don't know, you guys were just not queued in from the beginning, but it took you guys a long time to uh, come in with these answers that I had to answer the first question. It's been a long time since I had to answer the first question in chat because you guys took so long, but actually a lot of people have come in now. Poor, poor performance from you guys. Come on. I mean, this, it reminds me of the old Bottle podcast where the entire session was just me and there was no class engagement. And it was just straight podcast for me. And that almost felt like, it felt like we started the podcast like an old school BDP, not like a social Q&A live. Okay. So T had come in explaining what was the first question. I just wanted you guys to give me an idea of what cold versus hot or cold and hot would be. Uh, T has come in saying hot, hot sexual energy equals aggressive, hyped, assertive, forwards, loud. Bang on. Very well. He then comes in saying cold, relaxed, passive, sensual, low key, gentle that's where you're off that's where you're off T and hopefully you can see where you're off now you're on point with your hot hot is aggressive hot sexual energy is very hyped up it's very assertive and forwards towards you very loud in its energetic nature you said that very well however when you say cold you're saying it's relaxed passive sensual low key and gentle what I would say is that while that is definitely a kind of sexual energy it doesn't represent what the ice turtle shell is not in its extreme, because I just asked you guys to the extremes. What you've described there is more like, is more, it's, it's almost not, it's not even comparing, it's not even on the same scale that we're talking about, because what the scale of sexual energy refers to is more about its, its intent, what, it, what it's uh, attempting to do. Whereas the words you've given me of relaxed, passive, sensual, low-key, and gentle is more like reactionary. It's more like how it feels, how that person would feel, not what they're trying to do to you. They're not trying to relax you. Someone who's a nice turtle shell of sexual energy is not trying to relax you, not trying to be passive with you, not trying to be sensual with you, not trying to be low-key or gentle with you. Does that make sense too? They, while you might feel that way, that's not why they're being an ice turtle shell or cold in that nature. So as I said before, ice turtle shell who's on the cold nature of sexual energy, she's distant, he or she is distant, hesitant, and closed. Which is, if you just look at what you said, T, you gave uh, the perfect to the hot, aggressive, hyped, assertive, forwards, loud, and now you can just see where it is cold. But this is the start of a session. This is the start of a session. So, guys, get piped up, get engaged. If you're just joining in, drop a thumbs up on the video down below. And uh, that's, we've basically got it from here. I'm just going to read what other people had to say, but we're going to move on from this. This shouldn't have been too difficult. I'll just see what other people said. 
Oh, hold on. This chat is lagging. Lagging. Okay, Jason Larry comes in saying, honestly, I have no idea what you mean by hot and cold energy. And that's fine. And Jason, I appreciate you coming in and being humble about it, saying that I've got no idea because that's part of the session. This is where you learn. And it's good if you don't know. If you don't know, it's fine if you don't know. I would much rather you say that than be sitting there going, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> you don't say anything. It's good to be engaged. So now you know. Jay New comes in saying, cold sexual energy equals pre-interactions attraction. I have no idea what you mean by that, Jay. I don't know what you mean by pre-interaction because we're definitely talking about the interaction. He then went on to say, so definitely not on point with that, but he then goes on to say, hot equals has been building up through escalation and tension. So it's almost, Jay, you're kind of describing the aftermath or maybe like a third perspective. You're not describing the first perspective. I think that's where you're getting confused there. T had it right in the beginning by saying hot equals aggressive, hyped, assertive, forwards, loud, because that's a first person perspective. How you've described hot sexual energy, hot equals being building up through escalation and tension has been building up through escalation and tension. That's true. I don't disagree with that, yet that's not really actively describing what hot energy uh, looks like, feels like, which is the question. So hopefully that hits you there. Jay New then comes on to say it... Oh, no, he was talking to some other guy in the chat who doesn't even have a profile picture, so as he knows the rule. Well, I think Jay New... I think Jay New knows why I'm not going to respond. Jay New's already taken care of him. Uh, But also, Jay, don't feel like you have to... um, don't feel like you have to talk to people like that. You know, obviously that person is just coming in inflamed. They're not, uh, they're not here to learn. Like, guys, whenever you see someone come up in the chat who's just being disrespectful or not really doing what this is, it's higher sessions about, which is just learning and growing, don't feel like you have to engage them because if I'm not going to engage them, you guys surely don't. The only time I engage someone like that is if they're being truly aggressive and I just have to kick them out. Mm. Like, if that guy comes in again, I'll just kick him out, Okay. So let's move on from here. So, okay, let's wrap that up. Oh, by the way, actually, <laughs> I always move on because T T had actually come in with a really good answer. T had the best one so far, which is to to the hot. No one could, no one really came in with anything else other than T that was on point. But T described the hot sexual energy being aggressive, hyped, assertive, forwards and loud. Beautiful. And that's all it is, my friends. This is just us getting a foundational understanding of what the temperature of sexual energy looks and feels like. On the far end, zero, ice turtle shell, cold, distant, hesitant, closed off, not willing to engage, not willing to experience what could be had between you two. That's as, as the most extreme. And then it just warms up from there into the midline, average cat five in the middle, and then to the final far end of a 10. And this is the way that I'd actually describe it, which T did, did very well, actually. But the way I'll describe hot sexual energy is that it's engulfing. Hot sexual energy is engulfing. It consumes you. It is definitely aggressive, but even more so than that, it's wild. It's wild, untamed, and seeks to experience and illuminate all the possibilities. That's what hot firebird sexual energy feels like. Want to explore, want to adventure, want to feel you out, want to feel you inside of me out and really see what could be had between you two. That's the most extreme. There's no limits. Limiters are taken off, completely let go, and that's a... Great little definition there. If you look at sexual energy on the hottest end, complete release, completely let go. But then when you see the cold, completely restricted, completely caged. That's all you need to think about in terms of Jason. 
That's all you need to think about in terms of hot versus cold sexual energy. And remember, it's not really versus cold. It's more just the spectrum between the two. Because as I said before, it's really zero to three being ice turtle, four to seven being the average, and then eight to 10 being the firebird. And that's actually a great segue into the next question I want to ask you guys. So now that we have a great uh, understanding and foundational understanding of the cold to hot, now I want to throw it to you guys as I did in the sexual appetite podcast. Next class question is, where do you guys fall on the scale of sexual energy? I want you guys to put that in the chat. I want you to think about what we've just been through. Zero to three, being ice turtle. Four to seven, being the average cat, somewhere in between the middle. And then eight to 10 being the firebird of sexual energy. You know what it feels like. You know what it looks like. We've gone through that definition. And yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great. It's not only a great little tactical exercise to get you guys engaged, but actually it's great to have you keyed in to be aware of yourself. And also shout out to my friends who are in post, listening to this in post. As you're listening to this podcast in post and you're at work or you're doing whatever you're doing, just take a moment to check in with yourself. Okay, now that we've gone through the spectrum and scale of sexual energy, where do I fall? Where, based on my experiences now, some of you might come in with a nuance thinking, but it kind of depends on the day, Adam. What if I've had a really shit day or what if uh, I haven't seen anyone in a while and I'm a little bit timid, a little bit frigid? You know, I'm not talking about outlier situations. I want you to think about your natural set point. I want you to think about, this is the question, what is your natural set point of sexual energy? For the live class students, put it in the chat. For you in post, just think about it. If I was to take the amalgamation and conglomeration of all of my sexual experiences, whenever I get there on a first date, where do I naturally fall? Am I more on the ice turtle shell nature? Am I a little bit colder in sexual energy? It takes me a long time to warm up if I do it all. Or maybe I'm on the complete swing, maybe on the complete other end to which that uh, actually I have absolutely no limiters. I'm completely free, let go. And so maybe I'm falling between eight, nine or 10 in the firebird. So for those of you that are live here, give me... Give me either ice turtle, average cat, or firebird, but give me a number. Give me somewhere on the scale, zero to three, four to seven, or eight to 10. Oh. Justin, I see your comment, but because you haven't updated your profile picture, can't read it out, son. Can't read it out. Come back and put your profile picture in. Once we get past this little, uh, I'm just waiting for you guys to put the stuff in the chat. Once we get past this, I want you to, we're going to get into uh, the keys to creating sexual spark. And this is where the real education will begin. This is just all groundwork right now. This is just the beginning. Okay. Jason. Hey, Jason. Jason, I can't read out your comment. You got to put a profile picture in, son. Go into Gmail, update profile picture. And I'll be happy to read out your comment. Okay. Jay New comes in next. Saying that's the rule of social QA. If you guys get to see my face, I want to be able to see yours. Jay New comes in saying next, I take things at my own pace, which is probably around a five, which is the average cat, since I can slow it down if she needs and also wake up the beast if that's what she needs. But in general, I rock up at a five. And yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Jay. What I'm talking about here is your natural set point. I'm not talking about the extremes you can push yourself to or fall down into if you're having a bad day or if you're having a great day, I'm talking about if you were just to go out on 100 dates, 100 first dates, and you would think about where would I naturally fall, this is where it is at the beginning. And part of the reason why I want you guys to get an understanding of this is because I said there's a message from one of my clients who I worked with last week on creating sexual spark. And that's actually most of what my notes uh, are here is just actually his message. 
because I'm going to want to read that out. It's got very much to do with him feeling that he doesn't have a big, a very deep sexual pull towards women, despite having so much uh, at the moment going through so many different sexual experiences. So, Jane is the only one who's coming with that. So, we're going to roll on from this. I just want you guys to make sure that you have a clear understanding of where I naturally fall. If you guys are in this podcast thinking, but what about you, Adam? Uh, what about you? Because we didn't get to, I remember the sexual appetite. It took me a while. I, I should have come in with it earlier. But if I would say, if you were to look at my natural set point of sexual energy, rocking up on 100 first dates uh, again and again, I'd be looking at definitely high-end Firebird, somewhere between 8, 9, or 10. And sometimes I will rock up as a 10. It depends on the girl that, uh, of course, it depends on the girl that you're, how exciting you think she's going to be or how much she's given you the excitement to be. But at a minimum, an 8. And if you guys listen to the sexual appetite, you know that I'm in that that high end of uh, sexual sexual animal of just in terms of sexual appetite. What I want to see is going to be on the highest roasted macadamia end. Okay, so sexually filthy, I think, as I referred to it as in that podcast. So that's me. Let's move on from here then. There are three keys to stimulating a sexual spark. And actually, what I will start with is reading out this client's message, and then I'm going to ask you guys what the three keys are. Okay, so moving on to this, this is a message from one of my clients who's currently going out on a lot of dates. He's going out on a lot of dates and like uh, somewhere between three to five dates a week at the moment, uh, meeting at least 30, 40 different people. I'm not going to mention his name for this one uh, or even an abbreviation of the name. He knows who he is, but just just because it's quite personal. So I'm just going to keep it above board for this one. So... So he sent me this message that led on to a session that we had one-on-one. He said to me, my main challenges at the moment are with qualification, in brackets, obviously, and the sexual spark on first dates. Main challenges at the moment are with qualification and the sexual spark on first dates. On the one hand, I probably just lack the tactical skills, but I believe there might also be a deeper issue at the roots. I don't feel like I'm fully in touch with my sexuality, or at least I'm not fully confident in my sexuality. I sometimes have trouble standing in front of an attractive woman and thinking, man, I'd love to have sex with you right now. Maybe that's normal, but I feel like most guys feel a stronger pull sexually towards women than I do. I used to think it's because my sex drive is below average, but now I'm starting to think it might have something to do with my sexual confidence. Because I noticed it has gotten better the more sexual experiences I've gained. That's the end of the message. We then had a one-on-one session together uh, covering this and what it dived into was how to create sexual spark. So maybe I should just give you guys some context as to how that conversation happened. How do we go from him saying that he doesn't feel a strong pull to women sexually and maybe it's because he has below average sexual sexual desire, sexual drive, but maybe it's actually more to do with sexual confidence. And so we went into a one-on-one session together and we, we broke it down. I asked a lot of questions. I'm going to save you guys those questions and just get to the end route, which was he just happens to be a very, very specific guy that he's looking for a certain type of woman. She has to fit a certain type of energy, a certain type of bill for him. And, that, and actually the way that I explained it to him on the spectrum of sexual energy is that it's a different thing if you're not getting up for a woman because of, oh, oh no, but then that's going to cut a question. That's going to cut a question. So actually, I'm going to pause that there because that's going to cut you guys. That's going to give you the answer to a question. Shit. 
Okay, well, then maybe we'll skip that then. Maybe we'll skip it. Okay, yeah, we'll just skip it there. I'll just throw the question straight to you guys. So, so when you think about uh, this situation, if I have one of my clients who's not quite sure whether it's just low sex drive or low sexual confidence, the question I want to ask you guys is, what would stop you from creating the sexual spark? So he's come to me telling me that he struggles to create the sexual spark on his first dates. And this is going to lead into the two first dates I'm going to talk to you guys about that I had over the past week and a half and and how they're just absolute rippers, absolute rippers that are going to provide so much learning point. And it's going to be, this podcast is actually for his client, most importantly. Uh, I said that I would make this podcast for him. So you guys are coming along for the ride for it, but you're going to get a lot of value from it. But I'm very much talking to him. I'm just calling him X. I'll call him X uh, for now. And so he was asking me about creating the sexual spark. And if you listen to that, well, that story that I just went through, the first question that should come up in your minds is, and that I'm asking you guys, is what would stop you from creating the sexual spark? If you're out there on a first date and you now have a foundational understanding of what cold to hot sexual energy is, what would stop someone from creating a sexual spark? Because I said to you guys in the intro that a sexual spark must be created in, in order to ascertain, is this person even sexually attracted? How we go about doing that, the graduation of physical touch, and I'll save a couple extra words there so I don't give you some answers, but how we go about doing that is key. And there are three keys to that, which is the next question after this one. So, But I'm going to hold that. Current question is, what would stop someone from creating a sexual spark? That would stop, especially if you're thinking about my client right here, what would maybe be going through his mind? What would maybe be a feeling that he gets that would force him to hit the e-brake? That would force him to put the brakes on this and not attempt to test the sexual attraction by creating a sexual spark? That's the question. Hit me up. Okay. T come up in the chat saying, bit confused between the sexual appetite number and the sexual energy number. How do they relate? Uh, they don't. They don't. They're completely separate. I'm not, so I'm not sure. I'm confused at your question, T. What I, maybe you're referring to earlier on when I was mentioning uh, sexual appetite. What I mentioned was that there's scale in between them. That it's not just you're either sexually filthy, sexually curious, or sexually plain. There's numbers that operate in between them in the same way that sexually plain is zero to three. And sexually curious is four to seven and sexually filthy is eight to 10. I mean, we could go into a deep discussion of how sexual appetite and sexual energy could relate to each other, but that'll be a super nuance. That's definitely not the general point I was going on. Okay. Uh, Jay New then comes in to say, okay, uh, an angel who's really a devil might rock up with a colder sexual energy, but have a dirtier sexual appetite. That's a bad. That's not a bad read as well, Johnny. Not bad at all, Jay. Uh, not that that's what we're talking about right now, but I think you're kind of talking to teeth there almost in a way. He then goes on to say, ah, I'd stop myself. I'd stop myself if there's frequent push-pull responses to my push-pull moves. Like if she's not biting back at all or is actually getting uncomfortable, then I dial back to the last point of comfort. So Jane is the first one to answer this class question of what would stop someone from attempting to create a sexual spark in the first date example. 
Jnu is saying that if he's getting push-pull responses to his push-pull moves, uh, excellent reference, Jnu, back to earlier in the season, probably three episodes ago now, to push-pull, push-and-pull, the foundations of push-pull explained. For those that haven't seen that episode, push-pull responses are cold in nature. They take energy away and they seek to shut down. Well, pull more so. A pull response seeks to shut down the interaction because you made a mistake. A push response is kind of just an acknowledgement that I see what you're doing, but I'm not comfortable with it. And so they don't want to do anything about it. They're kind of just marking time. So Jay is saying that if he gets anything less than an optimal response to one of his push moves or pull moves, then he's not going to attempt to continue to create the sexual spark. Well said, Jay. Well said. I like that a lot. It's reading. It's reading the person in front of you, which is the key. You also wanted to say if she's not, yeah, biting back at all or is she actually getting uncomfortable, then you're going to dial her back. Yeah, savvy. Very savvy. Well said. However, you went into the micro tactics, Jay, and I like the micro tactics. You did very well. But there's actually a more macro, far more macro concept idea that that's very infesting, that's very insidious, that would stop someone from wanting to create a sexual spark. And I see our man Takumi has just come in in perfect timing saying it right now. T comes in saying the fear of rejection or inadequacy might stop the sexual sparks. Wondering what she'll think or wondering if you can handle what will happen next. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was about to give you 100k Zeddy, but then I realized that 100k Zeddy answer would have had to be T's answer combined with J's. That if T had given me what T has just fucking nailed it, he nailed the macro that I was just discussing, that there's an insidious and infesting mindset that stops someone from progressing the sexual intimacy and creating a sexual spark, which is fear. Absolutely fear. The fear of that, well, T's gone into say fear of rejection or inadequacy might stop sexual sparks. Let's dive into that a little bit more. What does that mean? The fear that whatever you're about to do is not going to be accepted, that you're going to make a huge mistake, that she's not going to like it, that you're going to get a poor response, that's going to make you feel bad. Definitely on the rejection side. But also more so for males, the fear of inadequacy. That And it, it exists in both polarities. That if you're on a first date, where we get to these first date examples, I'm going to just keep honey dicky you guys because they're X-rated. Well, one of them's X-rated. And uh, one of them's just super emotional. One's super emotional. One's completely X-rated. Uh, the, res- the fear of creating a sexual spark exists for both ice turtles and firebirds. That if you're with a woman that's in the ice turtle nature of cold energy, cold sexual energy, she's distant, she's closed off, she's hesitant. Well, you're definitely going to have, you're, you're going to get hesitant in terms of creating sexual spark, maybe more towards the rejection side of what T is speaking there. But then if you look at, you say that you're with a firebird, you know, why would someone have fear of making a sexual spark with a firebird? Because what is a firebird of sexual energy? Someone who's hot in sexual energy, they're wild, they're free, they're open, they've let go, they're open to all possibilities. Then the self-doubt, the self-limits cut start to come in, what if I can't please her the way that she wants? She's like, she's so open, she's so free that it starts to plant seeds of doubt if you've got that darkness within you that maybe I'm not going to live up to her. Maybe I'm not going to live up to her expectations. Maybe I'm not going to be able to perform and please her in the way that she wants. And so then you don't create the sexual spark because you just don't want to even entertain the possibility of failure. And that's what this fear... That was the key word. So, T, you were actually really close to getting 100K Zeddy there. It's just that you had to give me a micro example of how those would manifest. That's okay. Still a very good answer. Still a very good answer. High level. High level answer for sure. 
Uh, Jay knew what they come in saying, I'd say three plus shutdowns is my cutoff. Oh, okay. What to do when to handle? Well, Jay, hang on a second, Jay. <laughs> hang on a second, because we're going to get into the graduation of physical touch in a second. That's going to be in the next part, in the next bit. So, all right, we're finally getting in here. You guys are finally warmed up and finally uh, getting some good answers in here. So let's move on to the next question. Three keys, I said before, to create a sexual spark. I We went through story of my client who's just feeling sexually unconfident and not willing to create sexual sparks on first dates. We ascertained in our one-on-one session that it actually has very little to do with low sexual drive. It's more that he just very specifically is looking for one type of woman, but then also a few other things did play in in terms of fear for sure. And we can definitely dive into that. Uh, I'll dive into that with him more deeply. We're not going to talk about that today, but I wanted to ask you guys what would stop someone in general from creating sexual sparks. Fear is the number one. Fear is the number one. Jay knew would come in with a nice subsidiary, uh, which is still very valid. Still very valid, Jay, which is if they're just not receptive, if they are staying in ice turtle shell nature, if someone stays on the cold end of sexual energy and they don't warm up progressively, then definitely you're not going to, you absolutely should not be progressing the sexual intimacy from there or creating sexual sparks or attempting to. So reading the person in front of you. So next question comes into then, well, if we understand what would stop someone from creating sexual sparks, how to create the sexual spark? I've been saying this since the beginning of the podcast, three keys. There are three ways in which that we create sexual spark. They are highly tactical. They are not esoteric. They are not philosophical. This is the next question for you guys. What are the three ways to create a sexual spark? I don't want you getting lost in the forest with this. Do not get lost in the forest. This is not complicated. If you have been following my content for any or consuming my content for any modicum of time, you would have heard me describe these three keys to the end of time. These three ways of, I've just, you might not have heard me package it this way, but I often talk about your 50. And so if that's a clue, I'll give you that clue because it, you guys could, live class students have got a tendency to go off in the forest with these types of questions where they're super open. So I'm going to nail it down, the three ways to create a sexual spark. There are three key things. They are things that you do. They are things that you do. They are not mindsets. While you need a certain mindset to act them out, and the mindset is everything, they are not, that's not what we're looking for. We're not talking about the mindsets to create sexual spark. We're talking about the three, the three modalities. They are modalities that you will execute that will create a sexual spark. And they exist within your 50. For my old schools, they will look, they'll think about what is your 50. They'll go through the five pillars of your 50 and go, okay, which ones of it are not mindset and which ones are tactics. It's just the three tactics of your 50, essentially. In your 50, the, everything you can control, there's five keys to it. Two of them are mindsets. Three of them are tactical actions. Okay, here we go. We get our first answer from Jay New saying his answer to what he thinks the three keys are. Verbal escalation, physical escalation, and expressing freedom. Jay, you've hit one of them on point. You've hit one of them. The second one is not is too esoteric, and I'm talking about physical escalation. Well, when I say too esoteric, it's like there's a word for it that would describe that far more tactically than just physical escalation. There's a sensory, there's a sensory word that would describe that. You're on point. You're close. You're close. But the expressing freedom, you're off of that in terms of that's a mindset. 
that's a way of being, expressing freedom, which comes through a mindset. So you've hit two of them. The verbal escalation, you could have... Uh, no, no, that's on point. You've nailed the first one. Verbal escalation. I would just throw out the word escalation. I would. Uh, you don't really need to tag the word escalation in there. We assume that it's if we're creating a sexual spark, we don't need to throw the word escalation in because that's what a sexual spark is designed to do. So if you just said verbals, Jay, which... I'm going to just strip you down there and just help you become more efficient with it. Then yes, verbals. Verbals is the second key. Verbals is the second key in the hierarchy of creating sexual sparks. So we have one of three so far. I'm looking for the other two. Jay was very close with physical escalation, yet there's something far more sensory that would describe it better. Because physical escalation can mean a lot. Uh, It can mean a lot. It's just too general. Too general. While verbal escalation is less general because there's only so many things you can do verbally, but physically there's a lot of things you can do. So I'm looking for two more keys to creating the sexual spark. Uh, oh, hey, W has a finally updated his profile picture. He's finally, Jesus, okay. He comes in with one word saying pursuing. Nope, definitely incorrect with that. As I said before, it's not a mindset. The three keys to creating sexual spark are tactics. They are actions that are very, very specific in your 50. Pursuing is just a way of being very similar to Jake's. Expressing freedom and pursuing is too general, far too general and not specific enough. So if you guys aren't going to get it, I'm going to give you like five more seconds to get this. Otherwise, we're going to move on to the next section because this is not actually the podcast. What we're going through right now is only the foundations of the podcast, more like the prep work, the setup work. We're just getting the field ready to be able to actually play the game. This is not the game of the podcast and uh, I'm definitely, you know, actually this is probably one of the first times in all of social Q&A's history that I would say that other than Jay, other than Jay, this is just very slow. It's very, very slow and I'm tempted to actually just maybe bin the live class portion of this podcast because it's actually derailing the podcast with how slow these responses are coming in. So... Because I've always got to remember that while I'm here with you guys in the live sesh, there's several hundred people that will listen to this and post, and I'm sure it's fucking painful for them if they've already got the answers in their minds, but we're just fucking stalling on something that's very simple, very small. I'm not talking to you, Jay. I'm just talking to if anyone else is just with the session. So as a general thing, just as a general thing. Mm. Uh, mm. I'll let this question, I'll finish this question. And if it doesn't improve to all my people who are listening in post, I'll switch my mind to you guys and treat the live session as a fly on the wall if it doesn't improve. And I'll just do like an original BDP because this is a foundational session. This is a really important session, foundational concept here. So, and these two dates I got to get into, they're just ridiculous, especially when it comes to reading hot versus cold sexual energy. Uh, these two different women that I was with, it's just, I I only anticipated the beginning of this podcast to only go for like 10 minutes maximum, but we're here uh, quite a bit in. So Jay Newell then come in saying, closing the distance, getting closer. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that describes what you would need to do to get physical with someone for sure. But there's just a word. There's just one word that would just sum it all up in a very sensory way. So never mind. I'm going to move on from this now if we're not going to get in. So The three keys to creating a sexual spark are, number one, eye contact, eyes. Number two, verbal. Number three, touch. Eyes, 
verbal, touch, EVT, eyes, verbals, and touch. These are the three key micro tactics specifically that will allow you to create a sexual spark with someone. Not talking about mindsets at all. Of course, there are millions of mindsets, indifference, detachment from outcome, uh, staying within yourself, sitting deep within yourself. We could go all day, direct and good authentic. We'll go all day on the mindsets. I actually genuinely would come in with some good stuff as well, expressing freedom, freedom effect for sure. But putting away the mindsets, I'm talking about, we assume you have those already if you're attempting to create a sexual spark. You would not be attempting to create a sexual spark with someone if your mindset was not keyed in and aligned from the get. So now we're looking at, and because this is based off one of my clients, he knows the mindsets he needs to have, but the actions, there's one thing that was missing. In my one-on-one session with him, he had come up with the eyes, he had come up with the verbals, but he completely missed physical touch, just touch. And I've been dropping throughout this podcast, the graduation of physical touch, because the graduation and that, when I'm saying graduation, don't think of that as like graduating from high school. Think of that as gradual, as in I'm going to increase progressively the touch, starting extremely, extremely gently, soft, non-intrusive in a way that is just so playful. Children would be happy with this. A child would be happy with you touching them in this way. That's where physical touch will begin. And then as you read the person's comfort and as you read their sexual energy increase in temperature, you will then gradually increase the physical touch along with it. But let me, let's get back here because no one fully nailed the three keys of sexual spark. Jaden got close. He got one on point and it's kind of the second one almost, almost, but eyes. When I say eyes, what does that mean? Actually, what do I say? All of them, eyes, vocals, eyes, verbals, touch. To create a sexual spark with someone, you can't just meet them at the eyes. You have to go into them. To create a sexual spark with someone, you can't just speak at them. You have to speak into them. To create a sexual spark with someone, you can't just touch at them. You must touch into them. This is the difference between being a Mr. Nice Guy who has no sexually polarized energy, who's just a pleasure to be around, just a Jeffrey to be around. Oh, Jeffrey, he's such a nice guy. You can look her in the eyes as a Mr. Nice Guy. You can speak in certain ways to her. You can touch her in certain ways. She'll still see you as a Mr. Nice Guy all the time. Mr. Nice Guys, they just look at a girl. They just speak at a girl. They just touch at a girl. None of them go into. And this is where we're going to start to break down this podcast into even deeper levels of physical, mental, and spiritual sexual. When you look at the planes of sexual connection, they exist on three, physical, mental, and, and physical, mental, and spiritual. And as you transcend through all of them, it's really interesting what happens when one person's got maybe two of them lighting up, but not the third, or, and vice versa. Well, but that's getting on tangents. We'll get to that later on. Staying on EVT here, eyes, vocals, and touch. When you're looking, how can I create a sexual spark? Because if you're dealing with a woman that, and that's why where this part of the podcast came from with my client was that he's like, Adam, when I'm on the date with these girls, I'm just not sure if I should progress the sexual progression or not. She seems a little bit cold. And, and what I'm saying is that, well, listen, there's no way to find out. There's no way other than to find out than to find out. You will never, um, there are, 
even with girls that will verbally just come right out and say that I want to have sex with you, that I'm really sexually attracted to you, Adam. Even with that, I would never buy into it. I would never really take that for much stock at all. I would never invest much stock in a girl or a woman saying to me that I am sexually attracted to you and just being super direct with me. It's that I need to test the action because the mind plays games. The actions will tell me everything. So there's only one way to find out if someone is truly sexually attracted, and that is to create a spark. The way that we do that is through eyes, vocals, and touch. Eyes, verbals, touch. Okay, when I look at her in the eyes, it's that I go into them. That we go into them to such a plane in which that I lose myself. I see myself staring back at myself in order to lose myself. And that that way that you look at her when you are testing to create a sexual spark is very different to the way that you look at your grandma. Words can't describe it very well, but this is a great description. The way that you look at your grandma is very different to the way that you look at your 10. The one that you're trying to create a sexual spark with. The deepening, the solidity, the, the energy with which you look at her that goes into her, not just at her. I don't just look at her, I look into her. This is the first thing. This is, I said there's a hierarchy of this as well. It's not like it's verbals, then eyes, then touch, or if it's touch, then eyes, then... Ver- no, no. Eyes first, always. Eyes is always the number one. Eyes is always the number one because, I mean, philosophers have been saying it since the beginning of the time, the window to the soul, the window to your spirit. It's, it's that clean, clean mirror of reflection that will really communicate to you, is this person on the same wavelength with me, operating on the same frequency or not, Right? That's what we're going to look for eyes in terms of creating sexual spark first, always. Always looking to sexually polarize through the eyes and to go into them. Not just stay at them, don't meet them at the eyes, go into her eyes or his eyes if your girl listens to this. And really important if your girl listens to this because I know there's a few of my girls listening to this as well. Shout out to you females that are listening as well. So, what's next? Let's break down verbals then. Creating sexual spark verbals. And because we're just laying the groundwork of what EVT is, creating sexual sparks. However, we're going to look more specifically at, in my date examples, two first dates I had recently, that what happens when you don't get connected on any of them or if only one of them or two of them, what to do. That's a really interesting example, especially when you get an ice turtle show like girl who's maybe giving you giving you verbals, not giving you eyes. Giving you eyes, not giving you touch. And see what happens there. It's very, very interesting. It's very exciting. Human beings, very exciting. So, social dynamics in general. Okay, so moving on to verbals. I said before, we don't just speak at a girl. We speak into her. One way to create a sexual spark, if you're there on that first date, is to not only change the pace, but change the tonality of your voice. Slow the pace. Deepen the tone. Slow the pace. Deepen the tone. It takes awareness in the moment to realize that I'm speaking too fast and that I'm speaking too high. When you get really excited, you often speak too fast and speak too high. When you're very needy, you speak too fast, speak too high. When you're trying to pedestal someone, speak too high, speak too fast. You need to pull yourself back. You need to learn to be aware of like, hang on a second, am I going too fast here? Let me take a deep breath. Catch yourself as I discussed in the last podcast. When you're not on point with your verbals, you'll know because you don't breathe properly. When your verbals and you're trying to, especially because if your verbals are off, you're definitely not creating a sexual spark through your verbals. They have to be slow. 
They have to allow for silence. They have to be deep. They have to sit down. There must be tonality to your voice to create a sexual spark. When you're in bed with a woman, the way that you speak to her when you're in bed is not the way that you speak to your mom when you're at lunch. Another key demonstration here. The way that you whisper into a woman's ear when you're going down on her or you're penetrating deeply into her is not the same way that you speak to her when you're out in front of the family at Christmas. There are very different ways of speaking that create and generate sexual spark between you. And it's very simple. Pace and tonality. Pace, slow it down. Put silence and pauses in between the things you say creates tension gets exciting it has a hanging on the end of what you're saying if you're a girl listening to this it gives him the suspense of where's she going with this what's she going to tell you is is she heating up an energy here and that is one way to heat up your own energy as well if you're just having if you're not feeling like what we're talking about is how to take someone we're talking about the graduation of sexual energy if someone's a little bit colder but what if you're feeling a little bit colder it's a great way to turn yourself on if you've had just a shit day or if you just had a whatever's happening in your life and you just rocked up onto this first day and you're just not feeling it, pay attention not only to your eyes as we discussed before, pay attention to your verbals. Pay attention to the pace and the tonality. When we've gone on pace there before with tonality, you sit down into your verbals. Verbals. Sit down. Everything that comes on the end of what you say, sit down. It's for those of you that have come with come up with me in the journey uh if you've watched my short film what is a man my vocal journey has been intense that i used to have the most highest pitched voice you can imagine it was the mr nicest guy of mr nicest guys it was so uh pedestalling and pleasing it was just a mr nice guy he just be so high it's be like this all the time at the top of my throat but now my voice sounds completely different and and you can go watch the journey of my verbals changing over about eight or seven years or so in that short film. I like splice it back to back. And this is key, absolutely key, is the tonality with which you sit down. And this was one of the key phrases in my mind to help create that I used to have to use as training wheels, of course, not anymore. But it's a great training wheel for you guys to use is sit down. When I speak to her, when I'm on that day, when we're on the rug, when I'm on the bench next to her, we're down on the beach, we're down on the rocks, sit down. Everything that ends goes down. Don't sit up. Don't talk up. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. I don't go up. I sit down. Who do you think you are? You are fucking hectic. You line me up right now. It sits down. It's not that you can't have tonal inflection that goes up throughout what you say. As I said then, go out through what you say, but comes down. The downwards tonality is grounding and it's centering. And for females particularly, it's extremely sexually stimulating to have downward inflection and uh, not inflection, to have downward tone going down because you just imagine who's, who's the master of this? Fucking Akmal, Barry White. You know, you think about these type of people, everything they, they say goes down. It's very sexually stimulating. It also reflects your mindset as well in which that someone who brings their vocal tonality down, is very comfortable. People that always speak upwards are always having to prove something. But if you're not concerned with having to prove yourself to her, of course you would sit down on what you say because you don't really care. 
Of course, you would slow down in your vocal tonality uh, and vocal pace, I should say, if you didn't care what they had to say or if you were afraid of them interrupting because what you were going to say was not going to be good or et cetera, whatever fear you have. So we're getting into hardcore micro tactics here, but um, uh, I'm, I think I'm just I'm overhauling this podcast here. I'm just going to straight tactics and straight instruction just because the live chat was just very, very slow. And hey, listen, if you guys decide you want to pop up later on and um, pump up later on, uh, for sure, come in and we can I can get back to more of it. But I'm always concerned with the majority of people that will listen to this. And it's by far in post. Several hundred will listen to this in post. And this session needs to roll because I'm first and foremost an instructor, uh, not just here to be your, your mate in the session, okay? So, so we've gone through eyes, how to create a sexual spark through eyes. We've gone through how to create a sexual spark through vocals. And now we're going to go through the final, which is touch, which is actually the one that my client missed, which is the one that he was doing on dates when I screened his dates. He is attempting to do create sexual spark through touch, yet he's not really conscious and aware of it. He's not really sure what to do with it. So, because yeah, it is very intimidating to, if you have no idea how to create sexual spark through touch, how much is too much? How much is too little? Is this going to be perceived as a weak move, a strong move? It's, there's a lot of questions if you're an unschooled person in this and not just for males, for females as well. Definitely females consider this as well. So I kept throwing out this term called the graduation of physical touch. Physical touch, when creating sexual spark, should always start at the lowest point. It should always be the easiest, slowest, gentlest that you could even imagine that even a seven-year-old child would be comfortable with. From there, like a graph, would go upwards, would just gradually increase on a nice curve, on a nice curve, like a nice eyebrow curve going up. And maybe this is where we're going to get into, maybe this is where I'll start the dates then. Maybe this is where I'll start the date examples because this kind of leads into it. Or maybe I'll just generally talk about this for a second. I'll generally cover creating social spark of touch first, but it's really going to organically segue us into these dates. So physical touch, just gradual starting at the beginning. What does that look like? What that looks like is playing hands, playing hands, bumping on the shoulder while you're walking down. Say you guys met, you're going down for green tea and chill, botanics and chill, and you met each other at the, uh, what's the first part, point of gradual touch for most dates? It's just the initial hug, just to read her energy off the hug. All right, and that's going to give you a really good read. Is she warmed up? Is she not? The pace with which she walks, for sure. When a woman is very sexually hot, and her energy is very sexually hot, she walks into you. If two human beings are walking side by side down a straight mall, a straight lane, and it's a male and a woman, male and a female. If the female is attracted, she will walk in a line that crosses his. It's like, you guys may have never even thought about this and go, oh shit, I never even thought about that. But any of you, you may not have even thought about it, but if you just think about your past girlfriends, girlfriends right now, uh, girls you're sexually involved with right now, any experience you've had, if you've just walked in a straight line, it's like you have to push her. You have to push her off. You have to get her to walk in a straight line. And the more sexually attracted she is, the more that she crosses your line as well. That's We're just talking about general points of the beginning of graduation, the physical touch. Does she walk into you? We'll give you a good read of it. When you do play over her hand, just, just, touch, just bumping her arm. Just if she has a tattoo, if she has a watch, if she has a necklace, to touch it. 
just to, if she has something weird on it, just to touch it and see what is that like? Something that is non-abrasive, that is not aggressive, that is uh, very gentle and it's just more inquisitive than anything else. And we're just like, what's that, right? Uh, <laughs> if, you're a play, if you're down there on the sand, just to bump feet, right? Just to dump feet, dump sand on her feet. There's so many ways of doing this uh, to push her hair, just to push her hair off her shoulder just while she's talking. There's, it's on and on and on, but the key principle is that it starts gentle, easy, slow, something that a child would be comfortable with and then can progress from there. And and physical touch is the, even though it's the lowest on the hierarchy, it's the lowest on the hierarchy because it is the last resort. It's not that it's the lowest on the hierarchy because it's less effective. It's it's the last resort. It's the one that where it's a push comes to shove and what I call the come to be moment. Physical touch is like the come to be moment, what you would lead into come to be, which is that if someone is super... If someone is super stifled in terms of their sexual energy and very cold, their eyes are going to be off, the verbal is going to be off, and it's going to be up to you to test the physical touch. It's like, and that's where we're going to get into with this next story. So here we go. So Justin Mueller has come in here saying, Justin has got a profile picture as well. Yes, Justin, finally. Good to have you up in here. He says, appreciate it so much. Uh, I'm not even sure what you call that emoji, but a couple of rock sign going up and says, I have a profile picture for you with the diamond. Thank you, Justin. Most appreciate that. So, Justin, uh, you've, probably, you've missed out on a lot. You've missed out on the foundations. Uh, however, the live chat was very, very, very slow. So, I've kind of adjusted this podcast more geared for the podcast in terms of the live. That's not part, the post podcast. And I've stopped asking people live questions because the responses were just so slow and it just derails the podcast. So, if you're here, I'm, I always got my eye on the chat, Justin. So, if you want to ask questions or if you want to pipe up with certain comments or things throughout, uh, please do. But I'm about to run into what we've done here and I'm just recapping for the rest of the podcast is we've just done a recap or foundations of the scale of energy, the scale of sexual energy from ice turtle shell being really cold, average cat in the middle, five, and then a 10 being the firebird, extremely expressive. Uh, From that point, how to create sexual spark was really the next key in terms of eyes, verbals, touch. We've just gone into all those three things. We've got a really good handle on how all those things will create sexual spark. I haven't gone into too much onto the touch because that's really going to organically segue us into this next point, which I'm very excited for. So I said in this podcast, well, we always have a featured story, featured seminar, featured whatever, but it's normally from you guys. It's normally from someone who sent me an Instagram message at uitang1, uh, someone that will send an email on boldojo.com. However, not today. This is purely from my own experience, but it's purely from my own experience because I'm trying to help out one of my clients. This podcast is primarily for one of my clients because you know we only had a 30-minute session and we couldn't go into all this depth on creating sexual spark. But what I'm going to do for you guys right now, and I said at the beginning, and if you see it at the top of the chat, this is a very X-rated session. What we're about to go into is extremely sexually explicit. So if you just jump to this point in the podcast in the time marks, and you're here with your kids, and you got your kids to watch this session, be warned, this next part is going to blow your fucking mind. Uh, I, will hold, I will hold nothing. I will restrict nothing. I will use the most explicit of language because nothing else will do it justice. And that's what we're going to get into with these next two date examples. So two first dates that I had in the last two weeks, one was only a few days ago, and one was about a week and a half ago or so. 
I will not be referring to them with their real names, as I never would, but I'm not even going to be referring to, uh, I'm not even going to use names that are even close. I'm going to refer to date one as Kayla, and I'm going to refer to date two as Anna. Okay? I will give you a brief, brief profile of what they're, what they're like, but very, very, very brief. Not, nothing too intense. Just maybe some background. That's about it. Okay. So, uh, particularly X, one of my clients who's listened to this, please dial in for this point as well, because now you're going to see the reason why I'm going to tell you these two date examples is that one is going to be a nice turtle shell and how I handled her. One is going to be a firebird and how I handled her. Okay. So we're going to start with the cold sexual energy ice turtle shell. This is Kayla. And let's call, let's say she is same age as me. Well, let's say mid twenties. Let's say she's mid twenties. She's mid twenties, Caucasian, uh, Aussie. Mid twenties, Caucasian, Aussie. Very attractive. Uh, very attractive. You know, it's, it's amazing how your attraction changes over the time. I never really used to be. I've even said it in podcasts. I never used to be attracted to Aussie girls, but recently I've been very attracted to Aussie girls. And so she's uh, she's very very fit, very attractive, uh, middle aged, mid twenties, I should say, not middle aged, mid twenties, Caucasian girl. That's all I'm going to say about Kayla. Okay, so this is what it is. We meet up. It's about a week and a half ago. We meet up at a local beach, one that I don't really go to very often, but it's kind of like the, the touristy beach. Uh, for those who are in South Australia, we met up at Glenelg. Met up at Glenelg, the bay, and it was like a sunset. Sunset evening, typical, and this is first date. So, you know, day two. First day, day two. And so, I tell her to meet me there. It's like uh, 5 p.m. or something, 5, 5.30. Meet me out of the jetty, and we'll go from there. Now, in typical Adam fashion, of course, I'm going to get there early, but I'm not just going to be twiddling my thumbs. Uh, I want to engage with people. I want to get myself loose. I want to get myself free. This is a Friday night, I think. Get myself free. And so the best thing I'm going to do is I'm even going to go speak to people around me or I'm just going to go play with kids. I'm just going to have fun. At Gwinnell, there's two giant patches of grass uh, where people often play ball sports. And as always, there's always someone playing ball sports and there's a couple of kids that are doing some setting and tossing and some digs with the volleyball. And I just go right up to them. They're like seven, eight years old. I go right up to them and say, hey guys, is it right if I play with you? And they're like, yeah, yeah, jump in. And so we start tossing, setting to each other, spiking, digging. And this is all while I'm waiting for the girl to rock up. One of the best, just on a side note, one of the one of the main reasons for doing this is that it keeps you in the moment instead of worrying, when is she going to get here? Is she late? Where's she going to mess with me? You know, instead of thinking about that, you just get lost in the moment because when you're playing with children, playing especially sports, you're not worried about the time. In fact, if anything, you lose track of time because you're just in the flow of things. So I'm playing with these kids and I didn't even realize she had rocked up, but she comes over to us and says, hey, Adam. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? Hang on, let me finish this last one. Finish the dig, say to the kids, shake their hands. And uh, I go up with her and she goes, do you know those kids? Like, not, not that she thought they were my kids, but she's like, are they your friends? And I'm like, nah, I just met them. She's like, what? You just meet random kids? And I'm like, yeah, of course, this is me. And so kind of how I met, kind of like how I met you, right? She's like, yeah, truth, truth. So, so at Glenelg, this sunset from here. And we're, the reason why I'm telling this is the cold sexual energy. Now, most people, most girls are cold off the bat. Very rarely does a... Uh, woman rock up to a date already operating on firebird level unless she had just been doing some shit that day. They're very rarely, most people rock up on an average set point of five and an average cat in the middle of sexual energy. She was below average though. 
when she rocked up, she was below average in sexual energy in which that her hug was not was not close. It was kind of the hips were pushed back. Uh, while she was happy, she wasn't like in a bad mood. She was just, as I described before, in the scale of sexual energy when it's cold, is distant. Distant, hesitant, or closed off. She wasn't closed off, but she was slightly distant. Little hesitant, but most, not actually, maybe not really, not yet. That'll come later. Mostly distant though. And so I just noted that off the bat that, okay, I'm dealing with someone who's a little colder in sexual energy right now. Where am I? Like I said to you guys, my natural set point of sexual energy is somewhere between an eight to 10, depending on the day. But naturally as a set point, eight to 10, I'm very hot in sexual energy off the bat. So of course I'm going to go for a deep hug. Of course I'm going to be very uh, wild and free and expressive which is what hot sexual energy is like. But when I realize that she's not even anywhere near that end of the spectrum, what do you think we do? What do you think we do? We meet them at their frequency. Key principle. If you come into an interaction with any human being and they're not operating on the same frequency, they're operating on 88.5, you're operating on 99.9, and you've just got a huge gap, it is the worst thing you can do to just continually, continuously oppress them with your amped up energy. You need to show them that you're socially savvy to meet them at their level, to come down, to show them that you can be comfortable, come be comfortable with me, which then of course builds what, my friends? Builds trust. If you can build comfort and build trust by meeting someone at their level of energy, then you can take them up. And that's where the graduation of sexual spark and sexual touch will come from. So of course, when I read that she's cold, she's cold off the bat, but I'm extremely hot, I meet her at her level. So I'm not I'm not hanging my arm around her. I'm not... Uh, blasting her with tons of energy. I'm not trying to fuck around with tons of people around us. I'm really just keeping things very chill and chilled myself off, chilled myself off. Now, I asked this question to my client. I said to him, what happens to your sexual energy when you have to meet someone else's, especially if it's lower on the scale? You cool off. You cool down. It dies. If you had a lot of sexual energy coming in and it was hot, but then you got someone who's cold and you realize because of social sadness, I need to meet them at their level. Well, very, by the very nature of doing that, you actually kill your sexual energy. You won't have a semi-hard on walking next to her. You, you won't have that impetus to want to create the sexual spark through either eyes, verbals, or touch, the EVT. So that's very dangerous. It's, it's what needs to be done, but it's also very dangerous if you're a Mr. Nice Guy, if, you're, if you already struggle with igniting sexual chemistry, sexual flame, sexual spark. If you already struggle with that, it's almost like you're setting yourself up for failure in a way, in a background, in a background way, because it was already hard enough for you to try and use to go into the eyes, to go into her with your voice, and to go into her with your touch. But now you're actually having to physically shut it off in order to make her comfortable and trusting, which is what needs to be done. But what I'm saying here is that if this is the case, you need to be hyper aware of when her temperature does rise because it's a lulling into a false sense of comfort that for guys who are just so nice, super nice, never willing to lead, to push, to create a sexual spark. When you get comfortable, you stay comfortable. And when you get comfortable and stay comfortable, you turn her off because while a woman who comes off like this girl, Kayla, who started on the date with me, she started off cold, but that doesn't mean she wants to stay cold. Some people just rock up cold. So it would be the worst mistake to just then, it would have been the worst mistake if I had just gone through the rest of the day with her 
and just chilled, just chilled for the rest of the day, never attempted to create a sexual spark again and just be oblivious to her temperature rising or not even test to see if her temperature would rise. It's just, it's a really key thing, particularly for my client here to make sure that don't, don't turn the engine off. Like just because you have to drop down to first gear doesn't mean you turn the engine off. You don't need to see if you can go back up to two, three, four, or five, and six. Okay. Okay, let me just take a pause here because Justin has come in with a few comments. Justin come in saying, thank you, no problem. I'll listen to the whole thing. I love how on point you speak and how gentle, gently, but also flirty you are. <laughs> Justin, you're about, to see, you're about to listen to some shit. You're not going to say, you're not going <laughs> to, when we get to the, the second date with Anna, yeah, you're going to get your mind blown. He then goes on to say, I almost bought all of your books on the website. Maybe you have some books popping in your head. I want to buy some new books today. Just if it doesn't interrupt your podcast, you're much help. You help much. Yeah, when we get to open Q and A, I can definitely give you some uh, book recommendations as well uh, later on the podcast. We'll stay focused here now, though. So, so moving on this date with Kayla. So she'd rocked up a little bit colder. I had to curtail my hot sexual energy to meet her at her level, build comfort, build trust. We walk. That was at the, the jetty. That was at the jetty. We walk right, and if you're at Glenelg, when you turn right, and you, it's about a 10, 10 to 15 minute walk all the way to the end of the marina. And there's tons of fancy restaurants. There's a nice strip there. There's a car park down below, but there's a outcrop of rocks that go out into the ocean. I think it's designed to break waves so that the yachts that come out of the marina don't get smashed by big waves or currents. I think that's what it's for. Either way, for those of you trying to visualize it, it's like Pride Rock from Lion King, but just many of them. So it's not just like one giant giant slab of stone that juts out into the water. It's like imagine boulders, very large boulders placed on top of each other in a kind of V-like formation that jut out into the water. It's super romantic to go down there and to take her, walk her across the rocks and to just sit on the very edge of it where you're just out there in the ocean and watch the sunset go down. you got the most perfect view of the entire ocean and the sun going down, the edge of the world, basically. It's incredible. It's incredible. And so I, I should definitely should use it more. I, I hadn't been there in a while. But anyway, so I'm taking Kayla down there, despite her cold energy, but it's still a great place to chill, even if it's not super romantic at the moment when you're walking. But so we're walking down there, and from the very get, she is... She's like a cannon on the verbals. She's, her pace, she talks so fast. She barely allows me to even get a word in, even if I wanted to. But, you know, in we, when we're talking about the investment dynamic between masculine and feminine, leader and follower in a sexual interaction, during investment, it should be 80-20 her, 80 her, 20 you, in which that you're just creating threads and giving her the needle to go in my hand with, right? You just thread a needle and let her create with it. You thread a needle and you give it to her to create with. So you're going to create a thread. Like, so tell me about your relationship with your parents. That's me getting the thread out, loosen up on the needle, give it to her, tell me about it. And you're going to let her create. So it's going to be 80% her most of the time anyway. But this was like 99 to 1. <laughs> this is her like talking so much. And what's interesting about the way that Kayla's talking is that she's happy. She's The things she's talking about are interesting. It's not like she's just being like unpresent about it. It's just that her energy is so unscented, so ungrounded. And it's really interesting 
for me, just observing it going, why are you doing so much? Like, it's okay. But it's the first 10, 15 minutes. So it's okay. Give her time. Of course, give her time. So we walk down to the end of the marina. I take her out onto the rocky outcrop. The rocky outcrop that juts out into, let's just call it Pride Rock, even though it's not Pride Rock. Let's just call it Pride Rock. I take her out onto Pride Rock that goes out into the ocean. There's no one else there. It's just her, I, her and I, the entire panorama of a glassy ocean with the sunset going down. <clears throat> we sit down on the rocks. We're side by side. And this is where, right now, like I said before, this is where the sexual spark needs to be created. But we need to just very, very much so go through our EVT, go through our eyes, go through our vocals, and then at the last case, the last resort, go through physical touch if I can't get any of the first two. Because if you get the first two, it leads to number three. But if, in this example, if two are shut off, you're going to have problems. So as we're talking more and more, she starts to calm down a little bit. She starts to calm down a little bit. If she was a three on the scale of zero to 10 of sexual energy, which is just the, the top end of Ice Turtle, like she's pretty cold. Not super cold, but cold. Like I can't really feel a lot of sexual energy from her. That's that cold. The first thing I want to do is hit her with the ice. I'm always looking for eyes first, right? When we look at an EVT, eyes, vocals, touch. <coughs> I want to go into her eyes. It's the easiest thing. It's the easiest that also tells us the most. Can she look me in the eyes when she's talking? And so I'm shutting up, but I would say this is about half an hour in. I'm saying very little. And all I'm trying to do is just, when is she going to look at me? She refuses to look at me in the eye. Not consciously. It's definitely subconscious. She refuses to look at me in the eye while she's talking. She will a little bit when I'm talking, but there's very few times when I'm talking. So very little eye contact is allowed to have. So not only can I, if I don't even have a chance to go into her eyes because she won't even connect at the eyes. This is a very common thing. A lot of my clients will say, especially with girls who are very nervous, uncensored, ungrounded, that are cold in nature, that are distant, hesitant, a little bit closed off. They will not make eye contact. Even if they're having a good time. Like, do you don't want to get the impression that she's doing that because it's not a good time? This is a fucking beautiful time. Sunset's going down. She's actually very happy in the way that she's expressing, just won't make eye contact. What's she doing with her body? If you guys are thinking about, okay, if she's not making eyes, what does she likely be doing with the rest of her body? Do you think it's very calm and present? Very relaxed? No, of course not. She's fidgety beyond all hell. Can't keep her hands still. Can't stop shifting her body. And it's like, I'm like, I'm like going back between resting on the back of my arms. You know how you put your, your hands behind you and just kind of chill back. I'm going between that, sometimes lying down, sometimes just supporting my head on the rock. Like these are big rocks. And, you know, I'm very comfortable. I'm like a, I'm like a sloth in a way, like just super comfortable, super like, like a dog that's just had a great meal and is just lying on his back, you know, that type of thing, that type of energy, whether I'm lying on my back or not, but she's just the complete opposite, super fidgety, super all over the place, but happy at the same time, happy at the same time. So it's like, okay, if we go through, not that I'm thinking this in the moment, of course, this is just drilled natural behavior at this point, unconsciously competent. But if we had to break it down, what have I checked off? Eyes are no go. Of our three ways to create sexual spark, eyes, vocals, touch, eyes are no go. She just won't, she can't, she won't give it to me. She won't look me in the eyes. So what do we go to next? Verbals. (coughs) 
Let's see if I can create a sexual spark through the verbals. Again, this is not consciously happening in my head. This is how we break it down in post, but it's just natural. Maybe for you guys, as you're beginners, you will have to think this and it will be a bit clunky because you're thinking. But as you get more and more through it, as you get more and more adapted to it, it just becomes a natural part of what you do. She's not giving me eyes. Well, okay, let me slow down the vocals. What I'd say the keys to creating sexual spark with vocals and verbals is the pace and the tonality. Slow down the pace, deepen the tonality. Create that shift in your voice that would convey sexual interest and sexual spark. See how she responds. Because up until that point, I mean, my vocal tonality is always on a slightly deeper set point. And I generally speaking, don't speak too fast, like as my just natural non-sexual voice. But there's still a huge difference between the way that I talk to the woman I'm in bed with and the woman that I talk to when I'm at the Christmas lunch with in terms of pace and tonality. It's just still a huge difference. It always will be. So I start to infuse that. Start to slow my pace down as I'm responding to her. Start not to respond to her very quickly. Allow a lot of silence in between what Kayla's saying when she stops saying something, when she looks for my reception and to just just to not... Because when she looks for my reception, don't, don't take that literally because she's not looking at me in the eyes. But she'll finish a sentence and then just look off into the sunset. But inferring that she wants me to respond, just avoid looking in the eyes. It's, yeah, it's, it definitely stuns the sexual connection for sure if she's not going to give you eyes, but that's okay. So, but with the verbals, I just give her extra seconds. When she expected me to go, oh yeah, right. Or what about that? Or, you know, to respond quickly. Nope. Just let the pause hang. Let the silence hang. I'll let the silence hang. See how she responds. Will that bring her eyes to me? With her, it doesn't. She's still teetering between three and four on that ice energy. She doesn't respond to the change in pace. Change the tonality. When I do respond, finally. One thing that she had said was, yeah, my brother has always been into cars and he's always been the type of guy that forced me to go ride around with him with the GoPro and film him. And I never really liked cars myself. And I'm like, you have no idea how much I've been just festering on cars because I've been watching Initial D lately. And, but of course I'm saying it to you guys, but I need to re-say that now. The way that I said it to her was like, you have no idea how much I've been festering on cars. It's like, I've been watching Initial D. I'm so into cars right now. And everything just got slower, deeper tonality. See how she responds. But it was a very big shift from the way I'd been talking before. Not much of a change from her. Still didn't get eyes to come in. She didn't change her vocal tonality. Her body was still very fidgety. So that's two for two. That's two responses on the chain of creating sexual spark that have just been red X's. She's not going to respond to eyes. She's not responding to vocal tonality change in a sexual spark. So there's only one more. There's only one more thing I could do that would actually answer the question of, well, is she sexually attracted or not? Because based on her energy, I can't feel it. I can't feel it. And so I'm not going to, and it's your role as a masculine being to make sure that you've done everything you can in the interaction to guide her into a position that she would feel comfortable in expressing her sexual energy. Whether it's there or not, that's her decision. But you must set up the space in which that she would be able to. And it's that guiding, it's it's a guiding mentality, especially with a girl who's staying at such cold energy, cold and sexual energy from the beginning. So there's only one more thing you can do though. And that's the graduation of physical touch. We go down, eyes, they're out, touch, is it, uh, verbals are out. Now we're going to go down to touch, EVT. 
Graduation physical touch, always starting with something that is the most gentle, softest, a child would be happy with you doing this. So if you imagine we're sitting there on Pride Rock, Kayla next to me, sitting there on Pride Rock, looking out at the sunset, we're side by side. There's probably only about half a meter in between us. So what's something that's really easy and really gentle that I could just hit right there? Well, I legs are hanging over the edge of the rocks. So I'm going to play with her feet. I'm going to just bump her foot. And that's all I did. Once I realized that eyes not there, vocals not there, I'm going to just, okay, we've only got touch left. So I'm going to bump her with the foot. See how she responds. I bump her with the foot and she bumps back. Hmm. Okay. Nothing else responded. No eyes, no verbals responded, but touch did. She actually got more comfortable when I went with a slight gentle touch. Now it's not much as it normally should be. It starts at the very bottom. It's just me bumping her foot, but she bumped back. So I bumped back again. She bumps back again. I clamp both my feet around her one foot, both my left and right foot around her one foot, like a clamp. And I look straight at her and I go, she's not looking at me, but I look straight at her. I turn to my head, my head to the side and go, you lose, <laughs> you lose. And she then that finally brings her to look at me and she goes, what, what do you mean I lose? I'm like, I got both my feet around yours, you lost. She goes, I didn't even know it was a game. And I'm like, no, nah, you do. And so from there, I let both of my feet off and all of a sudden we start playing foot wars. All of a sudden, the game now is to see who can clamp both feet around the other person's one foot. Now, we've got a huge shift in sexual energy from a girl that for the last 30 to 40 minutes, if not an hour, has just been disconnected in terms of sexual energy to the point where I almost can't feel it. It's like she's not going to look me in the eyes. She's not going to respond to any change in vocals and verbals. But finally, finally has now started to go from what was a three on the scale of sexual energy up to... Now I'm feeling five. Now I'm feeling six. Now she's in that midway where she's been willing to touch and not only touch, but to be come back at me with her own touch. And when she comes back at me with her own touch, that's a great sign now that this is a gradual progression of physical touch. So once we had fucked around with that for a little bit, uh, just trying playing footballs, trying to get that, trying to play a game, keeping score. I'm pretty sure I won five, five, three. Shout out to Kayla if you're listening. Better luck next time, girl. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I won 5-3 she would say something different but I'm pretty sure I won 5-3 from that point on it doesn't stop right there like I said before Mr. Nice Guys they're going to let off the pedal they're, they're going to stay they're going to turn the engine off at the worst case but they're just going to let off the pedal when you've got a gradual build and for a girl who's struggled with her sexual energy you need to keep gradually progressing to show her that it's okay but always at a pace that she's comfortable with. So what's the next most comfortable thing from playing foot wars with the girl next to you? You could make a lateral move and that wouldn't be the worst thing, but it's also not the best thing. A lateral move is to stay on the same level of progression, but that's not going to progress us at all. If you stay on the same level, it doesn't progress the intimacy between us two. It needs to go up a level. So you could do a lot of things. You could go arm around the shoulder, you could start to play over her hands, but they're still very similar. They're very similar. What I want to do is to reconnect the broken two sparks. That if we need three sparks for a fully connected sexual interaction, touch, verbals, and eyes, then I need to reconnect the other two at some point. This interaction will never go anywhere if, and the physical touch will stop at a certain point if we can't look at each other in the eyes and if we can't connect with each other sexually in terms of the voice and not just look at each other in the eyes, but to go into the eyes. So once we've done foot wars with each other, 
I said, hey, come here, come here. And so, because we're side by side looking out into the ocean on Pride Rock, I swivel my body inwards towards her to face her. I take my legs up off the rock and I sit cross-legged, which of course infers her to do the same. So now you've got to imagine we were legs over the rocks facing out towards the ocean. Now we've turned into each other, facing each other, legs crossed, eye to eye. What I'm doing here is I want to reconnect the eyes because I didn't get them before. So I say to her now, at first, she doesn't really hold the eyes to look at me even when we first sit there. But we're knee to knee and I've got my hands on her knees, which is another graduation of physical touch. It's not a big move. It's nothing too outrageous. It's just hands on her knees because it's almost kind of natural that my hands would be there because of how close we're sitting knee to knee. So my hands are really just resting on her knees, but it is a nice connection of physical touch. And she's comfortable with that, which is great. Another sign that she's getting, she's starting to raise her temperature of sexual energy. From here, I say to her, okay, listen, I know it's going to be a bit strange, but let's just shut up and look at each other. She's like, what? Why would we do that? I'm like, listen, just, just try. Please just try just for a second. Even if it's only for one second, just look me in the eyes and don't say anything. So at this moment, she's, she's still looking to the sunset while I'm saying this. And she's like, okay, okay, I'll try it. But she's giggling. She's laughing a lot. And I'm like, just be serious about it. Be serious. Do it for real. And of course, it makes me laugh because she's laughing. But she's sitting there like, Kayla, Kayla, one second. Just give me one second of your eyes and then I'll let it go. And she's like, all right, fine. <laughs> and she, so she turns her head to look at me. We're knee to knee. Hands are on her knees. She hits me in the eyes for one second and then breaks. She's like, one second, it's like, one, breaks. And I'm like, no, no, that was way too fast. And she's like, why? Why do we have to do this? Why is this so important to you? And I'm like, it's so important because I need to know you. It's like, I need to know you, okay? And while I'm saying that with that tonality, like I'm saying it in a funny way, in a joking way, it's also pretty serious at the same time. It's like, I do need to know you and this is the only way I'm going to get to know you. So she kind of got that. She comes back around and she like breathes in deep, looking up at the sky then brings her eyes down to me, hooks in. One, two, three breaks. (laughs) So three seconds. I get three seconds of the eyes. I reward her big time. I go fucking nuts. I'm just like, that was great. That was amazing. Well done. I'm like like slapping her knees. I'm like really excited because for her, that was a big thing. For a girl that has not been willing to make eye contact the entire date, and then finally now has made three whole seconds without saying anything. Now, three seconds doesn't sound like a lot, but that's why I counted it out. One, two, three. To not say anything, to just stare into the depths of someone's eyes. If you're a girl who's started off very sexually cold, that's a big thing for her. So I definitely, you want to make sure that you pump it up, that you definitely uh, always bring in the love, always bring the good energy with it. And so she's like, she's starting to get more comfortable with it. I say, okay, one more time. But- how about this time? Do it to save your life. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, do it to save your life. Hold my eyes for as long as you can as if you had to save your life. Your life depended on it. She's like, okay, okay. Comes back in, looks me in the eyes. <sighs> Lost track of time. Lost track of time. She looked me in the eyes for so long. Yeah, you got to blink every now and again, but that's how you know you're going for long. Uh, if I had to guess, maybe a solid minute. But when you're there, a solid minute is a long fuck. If I was just to count out 60 seconds right now, looking you guys dead in the camera, it's a long time. It's like one, two, three. 
I'm not going to do it, of course, but that's a long time to just sit there, especially if she's sexually cold. So what have we gone through the progression? With, oh, oh, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not the end of the story. Let's not break it down yet. She was sexually cold, but now she, played, she responded to physical touch and now has connected eyes. Now her eyes are online. Now there's just one more. You guys know what it is. You guys know what it is. There's one more sexual spark that was not connected at the beginning, which was the verbals. When I slowed the pace, added silence. When I dropped the tone, added the sexiness to the voice, she didn't alter her voice at all. I need to get, I need to get a third one connected. Again, it's not something conscious, some planning or thinking. It's just when you, when you know what needs to, what comprises sexual connection and sexual spark on a physical and mental level, more so physical here, you know that, well, I need her eyes, I need to hear her, and I need to, not only do I need to go into her eyes, I need to go into her voice, and I need to go into her body in terms of physical touch. It's just foundations. So when I got that minute of solid eye contact with her, of course, my sexual energy is roaring now. It's like, I've definitely got a semi-hard on when you are fully connected with a girl that you're attracted to and you feel that sexual connection in the eyes. She's not looking at you like you're a baby or you're a puppy dog, but she's looking at you because she's connected and that sexual spark is lit. Of course, you're going to get a semi-hard on, if not a full one, full-blown, but definitely the semi's pumping. And so what I say to her is, well, I almost don't say anything. I'm just like, here, 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 here. And what that means is that I just, I get her hand and I scoot back. I scoot my ass back to create space in front of me. As in, like I turn, because we were facing each other, I turn back towards looking out of the sunset on Pride Rock, scoot myself back. That would indicate there's a large amount of space in front of me for you to come sit in front of me. As in, I'm going to bear hug you. I want to bear hug you. That's what the inference is. Now, guys, I need to give you just one second break because the fruit fly guys are here. Uh, I'll give you back in a second, okay? Hey, there you go. Yeah, we're from the fruit fly program. Yes. I was just playing some bass. Do you think you can have access to the back? Uh, right now is not a good time. We're currently in the middle of a live podcast. Oh, but definitely not the time for sure. Program. That's okay. Thank you. All right, my friends, we're back. Thank you for your patience. So, there's a fruit fly infestation in South Australia right now. So every week they have to come by. It's happened before, actually. It's been going on for like a year. Uh, anyways, getting back here. When I got that solid minute of eye contact, I just say, here, here. I scoot myself back. I lead her in front of me with, like I take her hand and just kind of gently pull her in front of me so that now my legs are widespread. They're spread wide. She's sitting with her back to my chest and I've got my arms wrapped around her waist, kind of waist, mid-waist section. Sexual energy is just now gone up, upticked. It's still gradual, but everything's been gradual, but it's just in a whole, compared to where we were at the beginning, this is night and day. It's literally the difference between being frozen in the fucking ocean to now being sitting on the sun. Literally sitting in the sun of her in the sunset, but the sexual energy is getting very hot now. We're back to back. Right, we're back to back. We're body to well, not back to back. Her back's to my chest. We're body to body, and I've got my heart, uh, put my heart up against hers. I got my arms wrapped around her. And while this is definitely a great, I'm hitting the graduation of physical touch. The main reason why I wanted to do this was the verbals. I said that I needed all three keys to turn on, and the verbals was the one that was missing. This is my favorite way of getting verbals to come in. It's just, it's just something of. Ever since I was like 13 years old, I've always known that this was the best way of doing it. 
Uh, it's something I remember. Shout out to uh, Belle, my first ever girlfriend. We used to do all the time, which is the the bear hug. Because when you're in a bear hug position, if you've got a girl in your arms and you're behind her, you're in her ear. Uh, you're going to rest your chin on her shoulder, and you're going to be in her ear. She's going to bury her. She's going to lean her neck back like that and rest it on your head. So you're going to be ear to ear to mouth basically. Like it's it's just there. And so then she can really start to hold the gravity of sexual tone and what's going on with your voice. So as we're there, it's super romantic. I, I'm sitting there with my legs spread. She's inside me in the bear hug, arms around her waist. She's At first, she didn't lean back into me, but all it took was just me slightly increasing the tension of my arms around her. So this is a very small micro tactic that, Maybe some of you will just breeze over. Maybe some of you will blow your fucking mind. But for me, I know I didn't know this when I was coming up, is that the way that you bear hug a girl is not the same way you bear hug one of your mates or your mom or someone that you're friends with. The way that you bear hug a girl is that one heart always, one hand always goes on the heart. If you guys have seen the way that, for those who are listening on the podcast, you have to go on YouTube to watch this. The way that I'm bear hugging myself right now is the way that I bear hugged her. But notice how my hand is on the inside. I'm not grabbing my own hands. I'm not grabbing my own arms. I'm grabbing my heart. One hand goes on the inside of her heart. The other hand can wrap around my arm. That's fine. Or around her arms because her arms will likely grab yours. But your hand should always be on the heart spot. When you do that and you just increase the tension slightly, just like just by like a, a percentage, just tighten your arms around her, that naturally infers to her, come close. Like, lean back into me. It's okay. Lean back. You don't even need to say that. You could say that if she just wasn't getting it, but most girls get it. If, if you've gradually progressed the physical touch, you're in a bear hug situation, you've got a hand on her heart, and you increase the tension slightly, she knows, okay, I can lean back into him. I can rest. So she does, of course. She gets it. She picks up the social cue. She leans back, and she rests her head like a, lets her head go loose, and just rests it on my head, which is resting on her shoulder, so we're head-to-head. Beautiful. From here, the position has been set up now for verbals, and I'm going to drop this blind in a second, but let me just ride this out. So, And you see my voice changed organically as I'm about to go into this. So all of a sudden, I barely say anything to her. We're just staring out into the sunset. Probably minutes at a time go by without us saying anything. But when I do say something, sounds like this. Kayla, you were so nervous to begin with, but now you lied me up. Lied me up. She looks back at me, tons of pause. What happens to her voice? This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Really? I'm feeling you too. Really? Feeling you too. In a masculine's voice, when his sexual tone increases the flame, increases the energy, his pace slows, slows down, but it deepens. When a feminine increases the sexual tone and increases her sexual energy through sexual tone, it gets softer and gets gentler. Sometimes higher, but high is not the word I would describe. It's more in terms of softness. So the way she had been talking to me before, it's kind of like, yeah, Adam, this, that, I'm into this, but, 
but there's and it's very sharp. Feminine tone is very sharp when it's friendly. Not aggressive, but just sharp. Like everything has a fine point to everything that's being said. When a woman, when a woman is in a sexual space and she's feeling her sexual energy uh, light up, she gets soft. She gets soft with it. She gets very gentle when she uses her voice to communicate that sexual tone. So it was just, really? Yeah, really? I'm feeling you now. Feeling you now. And so here, what have we got, my friends? Three keys. Three keys have lit up. I connected the eyes, connected the verbals, connected the touch. Now, all of a sudden, if we look at this girl, Kayla, who started as a three on the ice turtle shell nature of sexual energy, now she's definitely roaring at a seven to eight. If not eight to nine, minimum seven, but definitely in firebird state. She's definitely at the beginning of firebird state, we'll say a seven to eight, eight there, we'll call it eight. And so now that you guys will probably go through this experience and go, okay, they've, they've, they've gone with the foot wars, they've gone with the sitting each other, going into each other's eyes. So what have they done? They've gone into each other's eyes, they've gone into each other's voices now that they've done this change in vocal tonality and they've also gone into each other's bodies. Her heart's beating, my heart's beating up against hers and I can feel my hand beating on her heart. And this is now where we need to, this is now where you guys think this is a Disney movie. This is a fucking Disney movie right now. This is definitely, this is got to go whole way, whole play. Nope. That's where you're wrong. That's where you make a huge mistake and where old Adam, old younger Adam would have made a massive mistake if all of a sudden I thought, okay, keep pushing. Keep pushing it. If you guys are in the podcast right now thinking, okay, push, 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 more, more, push more. Make Alva, take clothes off, go to somewhere secluded, have sex. If that's what you're thinking now, you are so unpracticed or if so practiced, so uncalibrated to the person in front of you because you're not taking into account the scale and the shift up the scale in this experience. If someone starts as a seven or eight in terms of sexual energy, you can shift up two to three points to nine and 10, eight, nine or 10. That's not a problem. But she started as a three. It's been ridiculous that she shifted up this much. I've almost never seen a girl, which is why I wanted to bring it up, shift up this much in such a short space of time. We just had to find the key. So when I'm sitting there, when I'm there with her, of course, that element of, hey, I would love to kiss her right now. Love to kiss her right now. It's perfect timing. It feels like everything's great. It's like we could definitely go to a more secluded, deeper bubble area where we could light. I could get the rug from the car. We could, we could watch the stars tonight underneath the moon. Like, of course, that's all there. All those options are there. But- when I'm in the moment, none of that feels right. Why doesn't it feel right? It doesn't feel right because of the totality of her experience, that she started so low, has come so high now, but I can tell that this is pushing her revs to the highest level. This is her testing new gears she didn't even know her car had or she has not accessed in a long time. So why, does, why do I need to push her more past this point? We've done so much. We've connected the eyes where she wouldn't make eyes at all. She wouldn't connect her voice at all before. We connected the vocal tonality now. She's completely made her voice, changed her voice into sexual tone. And the graduation physical touch, she's online with that. It's like, this is more than enough. And it would feel wrong for me to attempt to push her even harder past this point. This has been more than enough. We'll get it again. And so what I do is we stay in that moment. We stay in that moment out on Pride Rock, looking out onto the ocean, just her and I, the entire world panorama is in front of us. It's just a glassy ocean and a bright sky. Well, darker now as the sunset's going down. 
and the sun is just before us. So for, I would say, the next 10 to 15 minutes, we just hang in that position. Just me bear hugged around her. Uh, she's not saying anything. She's just breathing. Just feeling the moment. So am I. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's, pretty, it's just lights you up. It lights you up. And because definitely I would have made the mistake as a young teenager of trying to push it even harder and faster than uh, it needed to go and burn the interaction. Didn't need to burn it. Stay in the sweet pocket. When you find a sweet moment, keep it there. For Mr. Nice Guys, you need to, you're likely never going to find the sweet moment if you take that mentality. You need to push yourself to a point of uncomfortability, not her though. Mr. Nice Guys need to push their comfortability, not hers though. Mr. Nice Guys' level of comfortability is the fact that they never even would have attempted the physical touch I did with her just to play with feet. They never even would have attempted making eyes or connecting eyes, going into eyes or connecting into the vocals and going into the vocals. But once you sense that you've hit a sweet moment for both of you, let it be. And so that's what we did. We wrote it out there. When it was getting dark and getting a little bit cold, I said, all right, let's go. I can pick her up, take her up off the rocks, lead her hand by hand. We're holding hands now, walking across the rocks, take her back to her car, walk her back to her car, and uh, we have a tire hug at the end and say, yeah, we'll do it again. Say, so we'll do it again. And she's like, yeah, do it again. So we're going to take a pause there because that's date number one. That was the, there's a, as you can see, that was not the X-rated date. The X-rated date's about to come up. <laughs> Things about to, you're going to see a complete polar opposite. But just focusing on that, just summarizing that experience. When you've got a girl or anyone who's sexually cold, their sexual energy is very cold to the point where you can't even feel are they attracted or not. You must test, but you must test in a way that is socially calibrated, that takes into account empathy, comfort, trust, that if you're looking at the three keys of creating a sexual spark, the way that you're going to test, through your eyes, through your vocals, through your touch, always starting at the lowest point possible and gradually the graduation of all those will allow you to see are they ready or not. And don't give up. The main lesson about Kayla, if you can look at that entire experience, is don't give up. Don't give up on a girl who, who's not connecting on just one point. When do you give up? You give up when all three points don't connect or if none of them will all connect in sync. If, for example, for example, if she had connected with a physical touch, let's, let's, let's say she connected with a physical touch and connected with the eyes but didn't, when I bear hugged her, connected with the vocals. This is, there's only so much time that you can allow for it. When the sun goes down, if it's still not going to all sync up, you've got to let it be. It's like, but I'm, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep, I'm not just going to turn the engine off. If she, when I was bear hugging her, didn't change her voice, I would have given her tons more time. It just happened that she was ready for it. She changed her voice immediately. But if she doesn't, give her as much time as possible, but there is a point you'll have to call it. And then maybe you want to try on the next time. You try on date two, three, four. If it gets any more than three to four dates and she's not willing to connect all three points of eyes, vocals, and touch on the lowest point levels, of course, not nothing any crazy, nothing any crazy, but at least not willing to connect all of them, then you know that you guys just aren't in the right space. You're just not connected. But so the main point about Kayla was that I didn't give up. I tried everything. The eyes, the hierarchy is always try eyes first, then try vocal, then at the last resort, try touch not because it's the least efficient, but because it's the one where there's no getting around it. There's no, it's the last point, last, last point that you could get to. And so, and you just keep going until the sun goes down essentially until, or if she of course feels uncomfortable about it. But of course, Kayla was comfortable the entire time and we worked and she worked the whole way through it. And Kayla, if you listen to this right now, uh, you did great girl. 
did absolutely great. It was, I know it was uncomfortable for reasons that I'm not going to discuss. Uh, we, of course, with Kayla since then, I discussed, I brought it up to her that I noticed that, because remember, what did I say to her in her ear? I said, Kayla, when we first met, you were so nervous, but now you're lighting me up. Afterwards, after our date, she asked me, what did you mean by when you said I was so nervous? I said, I told her, I said that you wouldn't make eyes. You wouldn't connect your voice with me. You wouldn't, your voice was still all over the shop. So, uh, and then, so then after that, she explained to me why she has a lot of past experiences that were traumatic, that she's not comfortable expressing sexual energy with guys very early on, even at very low levels that just connecting eyes and using a sexy tone of voice. So she explained to me afterwards why she was so nervous at the beginning. And that's why we always need to give her a chance. Just because a girl is not lit up firebird sexual energy at the beginning or at the middle or even 80% of the way through your date together doesn't mean she doesn't want to be or doesn't mean that she couldn't be. A lot of girls come in with a lot of heat in terms of past heat, in terms of a lot of damage, a lot of broken pieces within them that are yet to be resolved and so that they don't work through it. Okay, now we're going to get to the X-rated shit. (laughs) I wanted, we could have started with the X-rated story, but then I feel like I would have lost you guys on the cold. We, it's, no, it was definitely the right decision to start with the cold because it's super emotional. It's just, it's just, it's, it's social dynamics at its finest. When you take a girl who's cold and you let her raise her own temperature, you get out of your way, you let her get out of her way and you give her a chance to experience something that no other guy has. Because what do most other guys do when they meet a girl who's not, who's frigid, who's timid? What do most other guys do when they meet a girl who's frigid, timid, low, cold on the sexual energy nature? They give up. They just, eh, now I'm not interested in this girl because she's not giving me anything back. Eh, and they just give up. And, you know, it's detrimental to him. It's detrimental to her. It's detrimental to, her, to the entire experience. But if you can sit in the pocket and you can be socially savvy and you can guide her through it, you know, it's like Kayla was so grateful after our date. Say, like, when I told her about, you know, so nervous and she's like, most guys, have, I've never been guarded that way before, Adam. I've never been guarded that way before. So, yes, it was uncomfortable looking you in the eyes, but then I started to feel it. And then I started to like it. That's why I looked you in the eyes for like a whole minute or some. And then, yes, it was uncomfortable when you bear hugged me at first, but it's like I, I somehow just remembered what it felt like to let go. So I let go. And I'm like, yeah, did you feel my hand on your heart? She's like, well, I didn't know that's what you were doing, but I knew you were close to me. I'm like, yeah. My hand was on your heart because it lets you know that it's okay. It's okay. There's nothing, nothing bad's going to happen here. That's why the hand's on the heart. And so, and so she was so grateful after that because I didn't give up. And I missed, and some guys give up as, as a negative. They give up because they're not getting the sexual stimulation they want. Some guys give up just because they're Mr. Nice Guys. And this, the end result is the same. While the intent is not as destructive, the end result is the same. None of you got a chance to experience each other. So that's the whole packaging of Kayla, and she may she may well be listening to this if you are Kayla. Uh, hopefully, you're okay with me sharing that. Of course, it's not your real name, but uh, we had a great we had a great time had a great time. So, just going to read some of the comments, and then we're going to move on to the X-rated story with Anna, which is the complete opposite of what we just talked about. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's going to fucking light you guys up. It's going to fucking light me up. I'm not I'm not entirely sure that I'm going to. Not going to get an erection during this next part of the story because it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, Seek Everett comes in. Wait, no, hold on before that. T had come in saying, this makes me smile. I did the same footsie thing on a date once at a jetty over the ocean. Good times. 
Yeah, T, playing Four Wars. Good man. Justin came and saying, I take the gently back, huh? You are crazy and set on those girls on fire. <laughs> yeah, we'll just hold on, Justin. We're going to do some shit here. C Cam comes in saying, yo, can't stay tonight, but looking forward to listening back after. Thanks for coming in, Cam. I appreciate that, man. And then T also then came in saying, nice to hear your date story as an example of a good date. Well, well, Mr. T. Well, that was a Disney date. That was a Disney date. That was very warming. It makes you feel great. It makes you feel like, yeah, fuck yeah. It's just the beauty of, of what happens with masculine and feminine energy. You respect each other and they just guide each other. It's so loving and caring. The next date is also a good date, yet it's the complete opposite of energy. Jay New then comes in to say, I think when I, I think when I get gradual momentum, I tend to do too much, as you mentioned, and fail to let any sweet spots just be. Good to hear. I put myself in your place, and I see what I've forgotten, because I used to let sweet spots just be, but I've forgotten. Okay, I don't get the last bit of what you're saying there, Jay. Oh, no, no, I do get what you're saying. You're saying that you used to reach sweet spots, but let them be, but you've forgotten how to do that. So, yeah, what Jay's really discussing there is that look at the totality of someone's raise in sexual energy across your experience together if they move two or three points up that's more than enough if someone started at a three ice turtle show nature or a zero one two or three if they move up to an average that's more than enough she kayla happened to move up to like a seven or eight she eclipsed almost two-thirds of the scale almost which was incredible which is why i really wanted to highlight her also it happened a week and a half ago so it was recent but more because she just did so well to go overcome herself but yes yeah, sweet spots should always be rested on when you both have reached that point. And you both reach a sweet point. Never want to push the revs. So here we go. Now we're going, that was an example of an ice turtle shell going through creating sexual spark, going through the EVT, eyes, vocals, touch of sexual spark, graduation of the sexual escalation and touch with her. Now we're going to hear the complete opposite. You better prepare yourselves for this. You prepare yourselves for this. This is. As again, some of you may have jumped to this part of the podcast in the time marks. I must say now, now, because I know there have been parents listening to this that have brought their children and want to want, want their children to watch social Q and A. Completely X-rated. Everything I'm about to say is filthiest to the absolute filth nature. It will blow your mind with how filthy this good shit is. But uh, it's ov- obviously it's going to be backed with lessons. It's going to be backed with concept. It's going to be backed with philosophy and respect always. But this is the raw animalistic sexual nature that is about to come out and just what fucking animals do. This is what animals do when two animals meet. So prepare yourselves. Kids, if you're, watch- if you're with your parents listening to this, I will take it slow. I will explain what's happening. But because it's so animalistic, you're going to just hear a lot of fucking energy. As you can see, my energy is now shifted. I went from Disney loving with Kayla. This is going to be some fucking shit. <laughs> We're going to get into some deep shit here. By the way, guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, drop a thumbs up on the video down below. Let's move in. So we just discussed Kayla, the ice turtle. <sighs> Let's go to Anna, the firebird. Sorry, this was where Monday morning right now. This was two days ago. This happened. Fresh. Another first date. So Kayla was the first date, Anna's the first date. Of course, Anna's not a real name, but uh, it's, a, it's a couple keywords. There's a, oh, there's a couple secrets in there. She knows who she is. She knows why I'm calling her Anna. Let me give you the profile. Let me get the profile on 
Anna. If I told you Kayla was mid-20s Caucasian Australian, then Anna is younger than me. Anna is younger than me, whereas Kayla was basically the same age as me. Anna is younger than me, not by a lot, only a couple of years. Anna is, so she's like early to mid-20s, let's just call it that. Early to mid-20s, trying to be as loose as possible. Early to mid-20s, Anna's early to mid-20s. She's also, well, she is Caucasian, but she's mixed of two different races. Let's just say, I'm not going to say the races. I'm not going to say the races, but she is Caucasian, but she's not white girl, white girl. She is white girl with a bit of spice. She's got some spice thrown into her white girl mix. So, I wonder if I should drop this detail. No, I'm not going to drop that detail. Okay, I'll have to drop this detail though. This is relevant. This is relevant. She is a MILF. While she's younger than me, I'm not going to mention anything about the kids. All I'm going to mention is that she does have kids. She has kids, but she is younger than me. She had the kids at a young age herself. She's younger than me, had the kids at a young age herself. Her kids are very young. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything about the kids. I'm not going to say anything more about that. But it is important to know that she is a MILF. Uh, and also her body is MILF quality as well. She is... Thick. She's thick in all the places she needs to be thick. And you guys know me. I'm, I'm, I'm sexually filthy. I'm in that animalist on the scale of sexual appetite, zero to 10. Uh, I, will, I, I will not put up with stick figures. Uh, I'll break stick figures if you get around me. So I need a girl that has definitely got some healthy thickness. She is thick for sure. <laughs> in everywhere that it needs to be. So very sexually attractive. Let me just say that. Sexually, just... Just a feminine, her natural feminine sexual energy is just off the chain, right? Very similar to me. She's, if we're looking at sexual appetite, if I'm a straight 10 on the sexual filthy, sexual filthy scale, she is also a straight 10. I have met my equal in this date we're about to go on, this first date. That's all the pre-context you need to know. Uh, by the way, just before I start this story, Takumi said something very cheeky. Taki comes and say, what parents and children watch social Q&A together? <laughs> So you don't know, some of my mates have been referring uh, their parents they know uh, to watch social Q&A with their children because their parents are, their children are like teenagers and struggling with sexual connection. And so they happen to be talking to my friends, one in particular, and my friend just says, oh, hey, well, maybe you should watch social Q&A. My friend Adam really has got the shit down. So a few parents have been watching with their children lately. Shout out to you if you're a parent and child watching with us in post. Because uh, I know there's a few right now. So, so you got Anna's profile, younger than me. She's a MILF. She has kids. I'm not going to say how many, but she's, well, yeah, she's, she's very sexually attractive. Let's just say that. Put it there. So, first date, garden and chill. Garden and chill. What else am I going to do? This is, oh, key. This is key. We meet up. Uh, I say, meet me up at the balls, Smalls Balls in Adelaide. Uh, what was it? 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock Saturday. 12 o'clock Saturday. Uh, I got there a little bit earlier. Her train was a little bit late. So I'm just fucking around the mall. Happened to pick up myself a Limington Edition Initial D shirt. Uh, walking past a random shop. And it is the last one. It was the last shirt. So I'm just getting hyped about this. I'll show you guys the shirt later if you want to see it. But it's fucking amazing. And so I go up, pick it up. But anyways, on the, the reason why I'm telling you this is because as I walked down the Maya Center in Adelaide to go meet her, because she says she's arrived at the Mall's Balls, lo and behold, who calls out? Adam. 
out of it's Mr. Zoo, aka Nick DeMarcy, who has been consuming this content, who has been uh, supporting my channel and my content for the longest of time. And he always pops in during social Q&A at least once over the last five, six weeks or so. But he's been uh, commenting and supporting for a long time. And he, the first time I've met him in person. And so Nick's like freaking out. He's like, because Adam, Adam, I'm finally meeting you for the first time. I can't believe this. I'm going on my, I'm going on a date today as well. I'm like, what are you up to? He's like all over the show. He's freaking out. He's like, I'm going on a date. I'm meeting her right now. It's our fourth date. She's actually a little bit timid. He's like going a million miles an hour. You were so excited, Nick. He's like, she's so timid. I'm not quite sure what to do. I'm like, hey man, that's okay. Just take it easy with her. You take it easy yourself. And he's like, all right, all right. I gave him a huge hug. He's like, this is so cool, man. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm actually going on a date myself right now. We're going down in the gardens. And he's like, really? So am I. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so not only am I going on a first date, we're going down to the gardens, Botanic Gardens and Chill. Nick, one of the followers of this channel, meeting for the first time, is also taking his date, which is a fourth date, down to the same gardens. It's just so good. It's just so good. It literally lit me up and it really lit him up. And also, by the way, let me just uh, read out a message that he sent me on Instagram later that later that night or later that day. He, after his date, let me find it here. Where you at, Mister? Fuck, it's far down. After that date that he had with her, here we go. After that date, he sent this message to me on Instagram. Later this day, he said me. He sent us uh, like three p.m. Like three hours later, he goes, "You must have gave me some luck with that hug because we had we we had our best date yet with a kiss." Was weird seeing you in person. Was kind of shocked with the laughing emoji. Much love, brother. Hope to catch up again. So he had a tremendous date after that, and that girl was very frigid and timid. But he managed to escalate into a and get that physical comfort, sexual comfort going with her, and raise the temperature, get into a kiss with her. It's just awesome, man. Awesome, Nick. Great to see you. Uh, you're getting amongst it. So let's get into the story of Anna here. I just it was just it all was in the story here. So where were we in the story? I'm meeting Anna at meeting Anna the Milf at the Mall's Balls Center of Rundle Mall. Happened to bump into Nick for the first time. Send him off on his day. She takes me saying, "I'm here." I've got my initial D shirt. I walked out there. Not that I'm wearing it, but I've got it. And I walked out to meet her. I see her there at the balls and like from like 15 meters away, I just spread my arms wide. Like from 15 meters away, I'm just walking out, my arms wide out, like like I'm about to catch a giant sumo wrestler. Not that she looks like that, but that's just how wide my arms are. And I'm just like from at the peak of my voice, at the top of my lungs, I'm just like, Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just like yelling. There are tons of people in the mall. And I'm just there in the center of it, walking towards her with my arms out wide, just yelling her name out. And of course, Aunt is not her real name, but I'm yelling it out and everyone's looking and she's just like shaking her head. She She's laughing, she's smiling. And I'm like, come in here, bring it in. And she comes in, she comes in for the hug. I give her the tightness and I just, I hold that hug. I'm like, hold the hug. She's like, oh, she's like I'm not a hugger though. And I'm like, yes, you are now. And so it's just fun. It's just laughing at each other. And, uh, She's she's dressed very sexy. She's got a trench coat on. She got a, it's it was supposed to storm this day. It was supposed to be a big storm, but I was going to take a risk on going down to the botanic gardens anyway. And because there are a couple places in there where even if it is raining, you can get under some huts. But even so, I'm like I wouldn't take a risk. And so she had a trench coat on and this really sexy red dress underneath, and uh, she got her hair down as well. And she's looking beautiful, looking absolutely beautiful. And 
And so, yeah, she comes in for this hug. We hold this hug. We have this really, uh, it's all, it's all good, but funny side hug. And then we walk on and she's like, so what do we do? I'm like, adventure, let's go. She's like, where are we going? I'm like, botanics. She's like, I've never even been there because she doesn't live near this area. And I'm like, what do you mean you haven't been to botanics? Let's go adventure. So we're going down there and we're just shooting the shit as normal. Shooting the shit as normal. However, some little, as we're getting to know each other more and more here, first day, she starts to tell me about her kids starts to tell me about some very intense domestic violence in her background. This is on the way to us going down to the gardens. And while the sexual energy was very hot between us, both of us from the get, like it was already, the sexual energy was already on like an eight, eight or so for both of us. It got cooled off when she started diving into these deep details about her domestic violence prehistory, about the way her the father of her children had treated her and just some really really dark shit actually and some stuff that she's going through starts to come out on our walk down to the gardens and this throws a bit of a rift through me because i want to know i want to know all about it but at the same time it's like it's definitely killing the sexual energy i can feel it i can feel i had a semi hard on before just hugging her because we're hugging her body to body for so long but now it's like that fire is starting to go down very similar with kayla that when you have to meet someone at their frequency, you're going to kill the sexual energy. As you grow up through sexual experience, you realize that's okay. And you realize that you don't have a limited number of erections or you don't have a limited ability to get sexually aroused. It's okay to kill the sexual energy if that's what needs to happen because you're just going on some real, real shit right here talking about domestic violence and and you know intervention orders and all this different stuff. So... You relax, but as a teenager, I used to freak out if if I if the erection went away or if the sexual energy within me went away. But now as you get older, you realize, no, you can always turn it back on. It can always come back on. So just relax. Of course, I'm not having to say that to myself in the moment anymore, but it's just something that it's a great learning point if you're a beginner because I definitely needed to know that uh, when I was coming up. Just relax. Thank you very much for making it all the way through this session for your presence and for your attention. If you actually made it to the end, that's that's incredible because these sessions are often minimum two hours. And hey, you're my kind of person. If you got that kind of attention and commitment to your development, shit, <laughs> I get excited by that. So before you run off, let me just hear you with a couple of reminders. If you haven't signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email, it's free, bowldojo.com. Keep you updated over there. The best place to connect with me outside of these YouTube live sessions and podcasts is actually on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I tang one. You guys can see all the behind the scenes. You can see I post a lot of fitness, health, all the artistic shit. If you watch the story, a lot of the meditations as well that I go through each day and each night. And uh, it's a great place to DM me directly with your personal context to give me feedback on different sessions, different parts of this, etc. So... How do we tang one on Instagram? I hope to see you there. I'd love to see you there. And of course, if you would like to help support the channel, you can donate directly through boldojo.com underneath the podcast section or at paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui. Anything that you guys donate is always super appreciated. And for those of you that would like to take your development to the very next level and make sure that you're on the right course, doing the right things at the right time, well one-on-one Skype coaching or the guided meditation internal energy that's all available to you at boldojo.com listen guys the birds outside are going haywire so I better wrap up this outro 
It's the time of my life, getting to go back and forward with you in these live sessions, chopping it up, getting to really know who you are. And so I thank you so much again, and I look forward to seeing you in the next session, truly. Wishing you the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.